Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Hey, yeah, get those balls a slinging. Almost seven feet tall, very angry, very stern. This motherfucker is controlled by an urn. A-line. Fights all takers, fights all comers, has no business in the summers, cause his pale ass skin would burn. Well, he is from Death Valley, Paul. (laughs) Up from the grave. Out of the casket hole Here he comes To slam your ass And steal your fucking soul Undertaker Undertaker Concussion making Mick Foley throwing Haymaker That was the Hell in a Cell 1998 Undertaker 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 you might think he's somebody else, but there's no mistaker. <laughs> oh, he's the Undertaker. 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 He's an easy baker. baker. He's got an oven. He's cooking up some shit for you. You, you. Oh, Undertaker. Undertaker. With Paul Bearer. And us, Jake the Snaker, <laughs> they were old school. Old school. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Undertaker. <Yeah. laughs> Under. Taker. Undertaker. Uh. Under. Taker. Taker. Oh, yeah. Under. Where'd you find Taker. That? Take her under, Undertaker, take her on down. If you've got a beef with this man, don't forget he's the American badass. Badass. He'll ride his bike through the ring and ride upside your can. Be careful. This guy's got no kind of class. Because he's fucking dead, Undertaker. <laughs> with a vengeance angry streak, Undertaker. Undertaker. Beating strong, beating the weak. Except Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. Undertaker. Oh, Undertaker. Undertaker. Except no substitutes. See you, Laker. Except no substitutes. Except no Rudy Poots. Yeah, yeah, except no ugly shoots. Uh-huh, he takes it in the poots. Undertaker. Yay. Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 245. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. Hades Jeff. Captain Luddite. Fact check, Andy, flying without a seat. Bonzo the Beast. And we're here to talk week and geek. That was a... That was beautiful. Gentlemen. Oh, well, that was, that's all Paul. Right? We got two good uh, verses. 
<laughs> two out of five ain't right, bad. Right, two yeah. out of five ain't bad. Were those two? Were those two I missed? We're off the cuff. Were those two you missed? Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you'd gotten here five were. minutes early, Andy, yeah. it would have been spectacular. You would have loved it. You would have loved it. I wouldn't say you exactly missed anything. <laughs> oh uh, gentlemen, this is uh, Captain. This is your last episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm getting out of town. Yeah, this is it. I'm hightailing it. I'm officially a vagabond, homeless and running the life. I'm gonna hop on the rails. Oh no! Nice. Yeah, I so got a little a job or a place to live. You're a bum. Yeah, I got a stick with a little bandana tied on the back. A bindle. Get ready yeah. to sing "Gentle on My Mind." I do. I have You're my own. mobile. I have my own bindle full of a can of beans and <laughs> and a pocket knife. That's bindle all you need. Beans and a switch knife. <laughs> you have a hobo name yet? You got yourself the American dream. Do I have a hobo name yet? You need a hobo name. Uh, well, you know, I figure it'll be. Uh, I go uh, with ukulele slim. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have, do you have a do you have a bottle full of Sterno as well? <laughs> they might be a little disappointed with ukulele slim. Why? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hobo just, names know. are always terribly misleading. <laughs> Richie Jack. I don't <laughs> know. Boxcar Boxcar Willie. Hey there. Hey, well, but did, 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 did you ever see him in a boxcar? No, but I did see. There his you go. I didn't you see, didn't his, see Willie. his Willie. Oh, that wasn't misleading. It's shaped like a boxcar. I was gonna say, is it shaped like a boxcar? I'm pretty sure the cover of every Boxcar Willie album shows him on a boxcar. Well, maybe. But uh, I'll tell you, the hobos I've run into, like Fresh Clean Steve. <laughs> that is a misleading <laughs> name. <laughs> that is liar. Ice Cream <laughs> Sam. Yeah, there's yeah, never has Sam? any ice cream. No. Not the kind you want. No, no, there's <laughs> not cream. Not the kind you want. There's lots of cream on him, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. ice cream. He's a filthy motherfucker, but not mm-hmm. dirty-minded. Strangely, though, terrible ass sores Larry. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty, not pretty butt. dead on. <laughs> pretty clean butt. Except that his name oh. is Tom. Well, that's that's where the trick is with terrible outsource Larry. His <laughs> name is actually Tom. Tom. What was the situation where you saw it? Huh? What was the situation where you saw it? When uh, Boxcar Willie bought it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> out his, What's his big song? Uh, Boxcar Willie. Yeah. I don't remember. I, yeah. See, not good my job, generation. Dumb shits. All right, here Willie we go. Not your generation. The boxcar. Like that's ever the boxcar Willie theme says boxcar. I, I, I don't I think. Mean, I mean, I don't know if you. Ladies and gentlemen, the boxcar Willie theme. Y- you know, for all the commercials I saw for his yeah, LP that you could send to in Arizona, you'd think that uh, one of those would have stuck. I think I may have one boxcar Willie song on my iPad. That's uh, is he do. still alive in Branson? He must. Die. I think he died Probably in Branson. No, it's, yeah, uh, you were born. He was day in Branson. Died. I think that's a Willie Nelson song. You you assume he's in Branson? It, it's he was in Branson. Was he like he had a theater? Like he was doing a show in Branson? I don't know if he had a theater of his own. Right. That's he where he seems Branson. A, like a proper Bransonite. Yeah, I was gonna right. say that's where all country singers go to die. It's right next to uh, right next to Yakov Smirnov's uh, theater. Going to hey, Branson. if Tony and Orlando and Dawn can can do hey, it. Hey, don't. Uh, don't knock Yakov, man. No, I love Yakov. No, I'm just knock off Yakov. What is there to do in Branson? There's a lot of entertainment. There's all Yakov's sorts of things to do theater. in Branson. <clears throat> it's become like Silver Dollar City. <clears throat> it's sort of like the uh, for entertainment. It's sort of like Vegas, but for you know, without the tits and for the Missouri. Ah, for Missouri nights. So there's no reason to go there. <sighs> well, if you lonesome whistle blues. Yeah. But I think the big one, Wabash Cannonball, his cover of Wabash ah. Cannonball. Was probably the one, yeah. See, and I don't know that song. The Life and oh, Times of the World's Favorite Hobo, his autobiography. Of course. Uh-huh. Yep. Can he still be really a hobo? I mean, come on. He was. No, he was, but that, was yeah. that how he's discovered? Bindled all the way. Yeah. Bindle, I don't think so. Bindle all the way. Yep. Oh, what boxcar fun Willy, is to Boxcar ride Willie, Bindle all the way. In a boxcar, boxcar train. Hey, hey. Boxcar. hey. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a boxcar. <laughs> 
He did bindle that. bells, bindle bells, bindle all he the way. He wasn't good at uh, rhythm. I'm so hungry, I'm so cold, I'm gonna die. Hey! Exposure is a bitch. <laughs> it really fucking hurts. <laughs> My thumb fell off yesterday. What the shit is this? I'd like to have some beans or maybe even fire, but I'm just living on this train. I wish I would expire. Hey, oh! Man. Get bindle, that bindle, man a bindle, recording bindle, contract. Bindle all the way. <laughs> bindle, bindle, bindle. I am yeah, yeah, Boxcar yeah. Willie. You got to work on that chorus. Yeah, this it, must uh, be the all uh, singing version of the Ugly Couch Show. Yeah, music. We are the all singing, all dancing version uh, of the Ugly more. Couch Show. Unlike most weeks, where Paul doesn't sing at all. Yeah, Geek yeah. Shock, the the shock opera. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not singing, singing as much. Yeah. <laughs> Geek Shock, the shock opera. <laughs> that would be fun. We should definitely do that. <laughs> it's Geek Shock once more with feeling. The shock. <laughs> there opera. you go. Oh, I love it. So there's some there's some sad beat poetry about it. it must be about a hitchhiker who's uh, th- lost his thumb to frostbite. You know, because how do you hitchhike without a thumb? You should write that beat poetry. Oh, I thought you were telling me that <laughs> no, was actually <laughs> no. He he was just imagining. He was, he was laying down the news. He was creating the news. Even cowgirls get the, the blues. <laughs> so I finished Big Driver. Big, okay, Big, Big Driver. Uh, for those who've been listening. Uh, the red light, green lights of the rape story going on to Lifetime, oh, written by Stephen King. Yes, right. yes, 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 yes. Uh, finished it, and it is a really, really good story. Oh, okay. good. Okay. Good. So um, the the way they presented it was misaligned. It's not as rape-tastic as we're led to believe. Oh, that's Here's shame. the thing. The description that I was given of it, uh, she's right. It's kind of a dick description, but accurate. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Great as a novella. However, as a television show, nothing, nothing new. It is a rape revenge story through and through. And what makes it interesting is the fact that she talks to it animate objects that talk back to her kind of voices of her own psyche. Conversing with somebody sitting in this room, battling with itself as to what to do next. Okay. And, it's kind of necessary in the storytelling of the story. And if Lifetime makes that a thing where mm-hmm. she's talking to the GPS and it's then talking back to her. might be interesting. Uh, no, I think, I think they're actually going to drop the ball on this. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's yeah. going to be as horrible as we expected it to be. <clears throat> it's Lifetime. Cast, you know? Of course they're yeah. going to fuck it up. It's, it's one of those things <laughs> that's not going to make the translation from media to media. You know, any story can be great in the right hands and in Stephen King being such a masterful story writer those are the right hands yeah I don't think that translates it sounds like a uh, somewhat delicate story I think given the right given the right actor or actors this can actually go well but it's lifetime so that's that's I think in the proper hands this rape could be fine I mean if it's done well if it's done well well, (laughs) if it's done well right I could watch the rape perfectly acceptable it's done well. Bar yeah. farts. There's so many other things we could be working on. Yeah. yeah. No, but, to, to, you know, Torgo and I were talking about that beforehand, about actors who have certain roles that do them well. Uh, again, this is a Lifetime movie, so I don't think they're going to get some blockbuster star. You never know. To do that. It's possible. Could be Sandra Bullock. Who what? knows? Why are you staring? You still have a beard. I said I cut it off, not all the way off. Okay. He's trimmed. Trimmed. He tidied Trimmed up. and waxed. Yes. It's not It's not hanging down. I know, but I, I had braced myself for a smooth fade. I, I wasn't going to like n- it. I'm never going to do that. I wasn't going to like it, but I had braced myself for it. No. <laughs> the day I do that, my balls are on your chin, Andy. Wow. I wow. I don't see All that right. happening, but wow. thanks very much. <laughs> exactly. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. The day he does that. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm honored. But, you know. Why do you have to shave your chin to put like a balls on his? <laughs> well, balls are on your chin, pal. Balls are on your chin now. I got to shave. My balls are on no, your chin. Yeah. Your, your, your move. Little known balls fact. on your chin. What are you going to do with it? Big driver Bonzo over here. <laughs> oh, balls on your part chin. Part of the uh, idiomatic expression. Balls on chin good. Balls on chin good. Yeah. No, balls on chin good, man. Balls in teeth bad. He, he, no, I knew he was going to say it's never going to happen, and that's what that meant. It's never going to happen. Okay. So, I balls you. on chin. Then shave your beard. Balls on chin, you look weird. Balls on chin, I'm glad he went Duran Duran with go. it. Balls on chin. I, you know I was, I was thinking he should go with. Uh, Those are like two words that have never been said. Using using <laughs> the melody of Duran guns Duran in the sky. <laughs> and like, Which one? Guns in the sky in excess. Balls on your chin. Dan, dan. Balls on your chin. Let me just say a couple of things about this. First off, I just right, want to say a few things about this. First right off, now. that's going to be my next ringtone. Let me just say a few things about this right now. I have no goddamn idea. I have no. I have no very limited knowledge about an excess. Balls on the chin. <laughs> I love balls on the chin. Paul, you know everything about in excess. And I missed the bus. Now you know how we all felt when you were like, and I missed the bus, because nobody knew that song. Oh, you did know it, though, right? I mean, they had two hits. That's it. This nope. song, that, that song's never had any radio As play, has it? Doesn't even yeah. like what is it? Guns in the Sky. Guns in the Sky, yeah. They had, uh, yeah. I have the video. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Hilarious. <laughs> I have no idea what song you're talking Hilarious. about. Guns in the sky. Yeah, yeah you Except do know who in excess is, though, right? Huh? You know who in excess though is? Who? Right? Uh, <laughs> who? The singer hung himself. Is it whom or who? Is it who or whom? I know. Michael Hutchins. You heard Weird Al's Auto erotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To so whom? It just makes his whole balls on the chin thing much more exciting. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Bill. How exciting is the word? <laughs> <laughs> What's the whom? What is it? Bill whom? No. Not hey, Bill don't knock it till you try it, Torgo. Joe whom? Joe whom? Oh, Joe Mama. Joe whom? Joe whom? Joe Mama. Joe Mama. Weirded out that you reached that deep. <laughs> My brain is on. I have had a fucking week and a half. It's on I'll idle. <laughs> it's been crazy. So it's I don't think show. I brought it up last week uh, on the show. About my dog passing. Well, it was like that day. Well, yes. Yeah. So it was and a I, little fresh. Well, I did bring it up on the podcast before. Well, of course, you did. I, I didn't want to social. repeat yourself. Yeah. I didn't want to repeat myself, and I didn't want to get into so it. So you thought you'd repeat yourself now? Well, uh, yes, I thought I'd repeat myself now. It was terribly <laughs> sad. Aged. I'm still terribly sad about it. Yeah. Poor Princess Buttercup. Loved her to death. But the next day, Wednesday, we got a new puppy. I, I gave you a hard time about it. I was like, so, the dog ain't even cold. Right. <laughs> Which it is, it's a good thing. So Lady Elizabeth uh, Killigrew is our our Lady new dog. Lady Elizabeth you mourned Killigrew. for a good fourteen hours. Yep. Which is no, we mourned we'd mourned her for a year and a half. Yeah, you knew it was she'd coming. been battling uh, lymphoma for a year and a half. Yeah. So it was that one of those things. But Lady Elizabeth Killigrew, sweet little dog. Uh, we named her after another famous uh, pirate because our other dog is named Pirate. And so there you go. What kind of dog? Uh, she's another Chihuahua mix. Okay. She's very similar to Pirate, except brown instead of black like him. Mm-hmm. She's a cutie. That's pretty much a big chunk of the Las Vegas dogs are Chihuahua mixes. Yeah. 
the ones that are in choices well, of those. Well, the wild chihuahuas yeah. that used to inhabit the, the land. Mm-hmm. This was all chihuahua This land. was like native. It was, it was originally called. Back in called, the day. It was long Chihuahua ago, Valley. It was Chihuahua Valley. Chihuahuas would run across the fields. Mighty in, Chihuahua Valley. In herds. Great Chihuahuas. <laughs> Seven to 10,000 large. Oh, Before the white man came. Before uh, the white man came. Killed them took all, all our chihuahuas. Pelts. Took them for their pelts. Now, normally we go into what geeky <laughs> things we did, but Paul requested you bring the ukulele, as you heard at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, so I, I hear you over there just fiddling. You're, you're no, anxious. No. no, I'm just yeah, bored. You want it. Paul was talking, so I was bored. <laughs> That's all. It, it happens. <laughs> That's, he, That's sounds like he, every week at the he was, show. He was, That's pretty much all. He was, was exposing his heart. And I was trying to give like, some like mood atmosphere gotcha. for the loss. Yeah, don't be surprised. The loss of dog. Yeah, those, yeah just a little. Don't like, be surprised if song breaks out. It's just all right. Just ready yourself. Unlike Paul. So are we talking about our weekend geek? Yeah, go for it. What you guys do? Well, I saw the ape movie, of course. You Dawn. did, of course. The Dawn ape, of the Rise the of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Rise of the Verge of the yeah, whatever Swelling of the Apes. And the Swelling you, of the Apes. I will say if you enjoyed the first one, you'll enjoy this one. I think they're of equal caliber. I still uh, haven't seen either. They're they're fun Hollywood blockbusters. Uh, I think this one does the job very well. Uh, it's uh, definitely doing everything they can to make you root for the monkeys to kill us all. but it's also uh which i found fascinating because i was like wow they really want because there were people in the audience who were like whenever the monkeys won we're like woohoo and i was sort of like do you not understand (laughs) the monkeys are i mean think about what you're clapping for but they intentionally make it like there are no bad guys that you know because they're like a lot of the older uh planet of the ape movies struggle with you know how is there a way that these two societies can live together and this one there are members on both sides that want to try to find a peaceful resolution to the to the issue. And then, of course, there are members on both sides who don't see that ever being possible. So it's it was fun. I enjoyed it. I saw, a, I think, a far more entertaining movie today. Ooh, what's that? Called Snowpiercer. I've heard it's good. Yeah. That's bon- adapted from a graphic novel. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho. You take uh, that back. Uh, directed it. <laughs> And it's really cool. It's really fun. Uh, it's on my. It's on my queue. Yeah, it, it's so. it's a lot of fun. Uh, um, I I Did mean, you it's go to the theater or see a video was, on demand. Oh, is it on video on demand yeah. already? No, I saw it in the theater today. Now the uh, important question is, since you're leaving town, yeah. did you see it at the theater? Uh, Galaxy? No, I didn't really? see it. I don't at think Galaxy. that's the important question. No, that's, that's right. far from the important question. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Um, no, I didn't see it at Galaxy because I don't even know if it's playing at Galaxy. Probably not. I, I went over to Town Square to see it because I was going to go see. I also saw uh, Earth to Echo today, which is a very nice uh, kids movie. Really fun. So you double featured it up. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, I hear it described as this generation's Goonies. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I will say for Earth to Echo that it's uh, one of the few like handheld the people are filming it movies that stays pretty true to all the shots you see are the shots that those people would film. Because usually my problem with a lot of those movies is all of a sudden it becomes a movie and you're getting shots that those people couldn't possibly get. Yeah. And this movie does a pretty good job of maintaining that through the whole movie. So mm-hmm. I was kind of delighted. And it's really fun and charming. If I think if you have a kid between the ages of 8 and 13, they'll probably really enjoy it. Snowpiercer? Uh, no, <laughs> Earth to Echo. Okay. Snowpiercer, sadly, there were eight-year-old children in the theater. Oh, terrible. Oh, wow. And I was like, what are you doing? Because it's a violent. It's a hardcore violent. flick, right? It's yeah. a pretty violent, violent movie. movie and very dark. Now, what Snow- On a scale of what kind of violence are we talking here? 
It's pretty violent. It has some it's pretty violent It's really moments. intense boxcar violence it's, it's a train movie. Well, well, <laughs> box, train movie. Boxcar Willie does show up four yeah. or five times. Well, it's all about I'm the wall bashing I'm looking cannonball. for the yeah. snow piercer, waiting um, for it to come. No, but the thing sitting with my you know. bindle. No, I mean, it's not the most violent movie I've ever seen, but Pierce there's some pretty bindle. violent mo- moments in it. What would you stack it up to in rating of violence? That's uh, why I'm asking. Uh, scale of one to ten it. Yeah, I mean, violence-wise, I'd say it's around a seven. Really? You know? Yeah, that's not like, it's not like ridiculous but it's a six heavy. or seven you know it's somewhere around there um it's also just a very it's a pretty intense movie it's a very dark movie mm-hmm. and i loved where what i've realized is like where uh like planet of the apes movies and the hollywood blockbusters fail in creating uh the desperation and the just everything is at its worst feeling in a movie uh, when it's post-apocalyptic, this movie succeeds. You know, like mm-hmm. the people that the have-nots, you feel the oppression and you feel like you compare it to Hunger Games and Hunger Games. Everybody is like the have-nots are They're pretty. The have-nots, but it's all polished. It's all yeah. nice. And the haves are nice, but they're not. It's not bizarre enough. And this one, the does the the range between the have-nots and the haves is gloriously huge. And Tilda Swinton is amazing as sort of the figurehead for the halves. Yeah. She she plays that that role awesome, and it's just like really bizarre. And no, it's a you it's a really interesting movie because yeah, you're yeah, right about the uh, the Hunger Games. Yeah. The, uh, the poor people have remarkably good teeth and hair. No, yeah, and it's not just that, but it's like you don't really get that sense of like they would do anything to survive. Uh, because they've been forced to live that way, and now they have no choice. Yeah, I might still be around in the Hunger Games reality, but yeah. in the Snowpiercer reality, I would long ago have off myself because no cheeseburger and no readily available masturbatory action. Yeah, no, you <laughs> were, or yeah. obviously you have both in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Snowpiercer is now. A, wait, it's an interesting movie. It's a really good one. Apocalypse of yours. Assume you've got Tyrannosaurus arms. Why? Because you can't masturbate. No, well, no, he needs, I the can't. he needs the readily, materials. Fire. The materials and the uh, and the leisure time, ah, readily yeah. accessible. Yeah, as are as well cheese, as affordable and very as, affordable cheap cheese. And as you've it's, admitted, also yeah. the privacy. He, which wants, is what it's all about. Yeah. yeah, he wants to have some kind of visual media in front of him, so he has a cheeseburger in one hand, his wang in the other <laughs> hand, and he doesn't have to stop doing either thing. Mm-hmm. And in the and post-apocalyptic wang. world that we envision. That That's not going to happen yeah. for If it. it's not possible, I'm out. Yeah. I have trouble. Yeah. But if I can still sit around making my special with sauce. Crowd, though, I, you know, what? I don't trouble think the, the crowd? audience would be a problem for eh, you. Probably not. Yeah, I, I mean, I get used to it. Um, <laughs> cheeseburger and Wang, wasn't that a Cheech and Chong movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Cheeseburger <laughs> and Wang and Dice. <laughs> no, that's uh, different. Um, <laughs> and then the other the other cool th- fun thing hey man I, you want a cheeseburger yeah man. no man I got my wang I, I got a wang I'm fine no man no, come on man no man you're killing me come no. on Paul let him do one of the parts come no, on alright okay I'm okay. not gonna jack off a cheeseburger I'm busy with my own wang oh come on man you're missing out no, why would I do that man that's just so stupid I got my wang wait now I... we're both me <laughs> 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 What, else what the hell explain? kind of hamburger you got, man? Uh, oh, the, other cra- the other fun thing I did is I went to... Dave's Future- hamburger. I went to Future Stars of Wrestling. At, you at, did go? Yeah, on Friday. And um, in there, it was in their training facility. So it's this like weird warehouse not far from here. A little ripe? Uh, it's unair-conditioned, yeah. Oh, so oh it's my. warm. But it wasn't terrible in there. You know, they got the fans <laughs> going. And yeah. it's kind of, in some ways, the perfect environment 
to see right minor league wrestling. It feels like it's, raw. It's this like cement block building. the The ring just barely fits in the space. But they're doing the show. They're doing all the storylines. They're setting up stuff for the big show. There's a yeah. big show on the 27th That's down in Sam's Town. I'm going down Sam's. It should be a blast. I'm going to that one if you want to go. <laughs> but the best thing that happened was it's usually on Fridays, right? Uh, I it's think gonna it's going to be like on a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, like at five o'clock on a Let's Sunday. See what I can do. Let me check my schedule. But the best thing that happened was the final match was, of course, uh, the uh, tag team. You know, the uh, the big for the belt you know the match right. for the belt was and it the it's the reno scum still holding the titles right now i think so yeah i can't keep all the names straight because you can't remember reno scum well you know all right who was it uh, and but it, uh there was a no it was like the crash test dummy guy the crash dummy crash guy. test cody yeah tra- crash test cody and okay. his partner so they might be part of the reno good friend scum. of mine oh, yeah. okay. crash test cody. no they're not different uh, but anyway okay. they uh, uh i would say right now. four minutes into the match the lights go out <gasps> like the power went out like and the only light that's on is in the back that's covered up partially by the curtains because they try to make an the undertaker is making so, a indie uh, wrestling promotion yeah appearances now. so it's like lights just go out That'd be awesome and one of the wrestlers is like what do we do and then all of a sudden a fan pulled out their phone and turned on the little light and they were like yeah turn it so like 20 30 people had their phones <laughs> out they finished the match <laughs> wow. with the cell phones i lighting saw it photos up. of this yes they went for like another five or six minutes with, with like people sneaking light. up behind and you know doing all the stuff to like sabotage and everything in the dark with the cell phone lights it was awesome that's that's, that's wow. a, now see that's that a memory that'll last forever awesome. that was uh, and the kids just went nuts the kids that were there they were like this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> you know it was just awesome. sure so that was very a really, memorable yeah that was a really cool moment of like this community you know like everybody's oh, like that, we can't just let it end like that right well we the last see the end of this match. the last show i went to with them <laughs> yeah, the last show i went to was just so yeah. much fun that's and it's they've got they've just yeah. got they've just, just got so much heart yeah so much heart and they're they're in it for the passion yeah you know and as a guy who every week gets up and does improv for the passion <laughs> yeah. i get it and yeah. this is I really mean, great some of the fights were better than others because some sure. people are better More athletically it. gifted well and was, some uh, of them are just better was kill a gorilla there uh kill a gorilla i don't think i saw kill nope. a gorilla. you would have remembered yeah. him if you saw him uh, but the uh what was it uh the Bearded Beauty was there, and he's a hoot. He's something else. Yeah, isn't he? he's a hoot. Just a guy with a long beard comes and out in pe- a dress. In a dress, and people just go bananas. They go, and these huge people hate pigtails, him. Like really yeah. long pigtails. And they hate him. And he's got a partner that's like huge as a house. And so, of course, his partner never got in a ring because the other guys beat the crap out of him before the match started, uh-huh. before the bearded guy realized he was getting his buddy, buddy was getting his crap. I mean, they're playing all, they're doing all the storylines. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, it was a hoot. So it's fun. If you, if, uh, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's worth going to see once, you know, because it's a lot of hey, fun. Anthony. What's it called again? It's just Future Stars of Wrestling. Um, and the, like the 27th uh, of this month. Yeah, at Sam's down Town. Down at Sam's Town. It's going to be a lot of hey, fun. Anthony yeah. Bourdain just wrote an article in like the New York Times or something about going to a Monday Night Raw. And yeah. He said he's like, you know, oh, Grant, or like a, an event at the, the Garden. And he's like, you know, albeit these aren't my kind of people to hang out with, they're rather charming. Yeah. And I had a damn good time, he said. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I know a lot of people on this podcast don't listen to wrestling and hate when me and Paul go on a freaking tangent about it. But, hey, give it a shot if you've never been. Just go once and say you fucking been. Well, and I went because our buddy uh, plays uh, Sal. John, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and he did a great job. He came out and talked, he's just, he's talked a, the talk. And so funny. He's a hoot. He did a lot of smack to the other guys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was very funny. He plays his role to the T. Yeah, well, it's not that far from. No, his, it's not. I mean, he grew up with those guys, you know, so he knows. Because it's just like a, you know, almost like a character out of Sopranos. It's a wise guy. Yeah, a wise guy with the baseball bat, just mm-hmm. telling everybody they're idiots. So, 
Anybody else got a quick thing before we go into? Oh news? yeah, I yes. That. I at apologize. the same time you were doing that, Paul and I were at the uh, um, uh, bacon and donut party. Oh yeah, I did that. I did a lot this week. I had a fucking crazy week. What is a bacon and donut party? This is at TAM, the amazing meeting, which is hosted by James Randi and a bunch oh, of other yeah, uh, skeptics and atheists. Yes. I actually was a guest on the Ardent Atheist podcast with Matt as well. Fantastic. Uh, big shout out to Emery Emery for having us on there and Heather Emery as well. Emery. It was great. Um, it was a really fun show. And then we went to the after party, uh, sort of, uh, after all the meetings and everything. Hosted, of course, by Penn and uh, and Randy, and it's a uh, bacon and donuts. Uh, they started shooting. They started shooting their movie, Make Penn Bad, director's cut, I guess is what it's called, uh, the movie. Uh, but they've just this is the first shots of the movie. Make Penn, Penn Bad. Penn and the Actually, No God Band. Closing credits. Yeah, Penn and the No God Band. Make Penn Bad was the Kickstarter project, and director's cut is the name of the movie. Okay. Penn plays the villain of the film. What is the premise of the film? He is a sadistic, sadomasochistic filmmaker. That's the premise. Sort oh, of. It's, it's got that's a Kickstarter thing going on it too, though. That's like kind a, of as much as I know. It's, so it's, it's like it's meta. And he's it's a, a film. Yeah, it's, it's a meta filmmaker killer. Yeah. All right. But anyway, so he's playing with his band for the end credits sequence because they had to do 13 minutes of music to cover the Kickstarter backers' name scrolls of like 4,500 oh, wow. names that Hilarious. are going to be scrolling through. So, That's yeah. kind of awesome, though. It was great. So lots of backers for the film. Um, Sarah Lowe, uh, Matt's wife, is in the No God Band singing, and so she was up there, and it was really, really fun uh, watching them do all that and shake their business. And then we ate Krispy Kreme and donuts. It was so or it was Krispy Kreme and bacon. It was so fucking good. Sounds phenomenal. And bef- before it, I was talking to Paul, and after I was talking to Matt. And in both cases, their scoops and and in Matt's case, scoops and pe- friends from uh, fans from uh, Penn Sunday School are walking up and treating them like they're rock stars. It's like it's just Paul. Well, and they Matt. are no, they're rock no, stars. It was, it was cool though. It was, I, I just I they people come by just take a step back and watch it. It was fun to watch. It was great. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. Big thanks to Penn again for helping us get uh, the uh, ice cream social off the ground. It's uh, it's going great guns. We're you did, you, an awesome you time with didn't it. quite make it at the end because you were beat, right? I was exhausted. Yeah. It's been it'd been a week. Man. I, I have a bit of a recording. I'll show you later. I'm not going to show it on here. Um, of uh, Penn's doing the Penn doing the uh, um, uh, last song. Mm-hmm. He did he did an encore, and it was one song beyond. He just I have it's just him. I have. You know, great little video of him just completely gone. His voice and trying to sing, and awesome, howling like a madman. It's they, beautiful. It was kicking ass. It was it was a really fun show. Uh, the other geeky thing I did this week was, of course, this was Evo weekend. Aha. Oh yes, Evo. Mm-hmm. Right. So I watched. Take place? I watched a bunch of streaming. That was at the LVH, which I guess has a new name now. Well, it's got new owners. New owners. Yeah. Yeah. What's, 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 what's it called? VH. Westgate Resort. Westgate. So yeah. yeah, the Westgate is what it's. So that's they, what they put up on the streams. They're like from the Westgate. Yeah, no, they tore down the. So the, the name is the iconic. The logo. LVH sign is gone. Yeah, yeah. It is not the Hilton. It that is the Westgate. Last week, yeah. So uh, well, they were there at the Westgate. Maybe they'll make it a worthwhile hotel again. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Well, it, it still is a fine facility. It was always a fine facility. It's just hard to get down. traffic over there. It's a little rundown. Well, it's, in it's, certain uh, areas. Yeah. It is still constructed of some really good materials. Oh no, the like build, you'll never like, build another hotel that nice. Yeah, but well, from what I hear, the rooms yeah, could well. be redone. And yeah. I haven't slept in there, so I don't yeah. know. Well, the I've rooms been there have been redone, okay. been redone like five times in the last fifteen years. Yeah. So I don't know. 
I mean, it's it's only been like maybe six, seven years since they did the last. Well, they're going to have to do it new. I mean, we're in this we're in this age of you know like chic properties and stuff like that, and the rooms being you know up to up to date, like well, we, modern. Well, the, the new ownership is a timeshare company, so oh, most likely it's going to do better because the mere fact that look at all the timeshares that are not on the strip that are always booked out to 100% capacity. But the parking is still great. So anyway, it was an awesome show as always. <laughs> the finals for um, Blaze Blue, Blaze Blue, really good. That was probably the highlight actually. That was the fiercest competition. Uh, the Blaze Blue finale. If you get a chance, YouTube it. Watch oh. the final match of Blaze Blue. It goes for on, back and forth, back and forth. Really, really good. Beautiful anime game. If you've never played Blaze Blue, it's gorgeous. It's a, it's a spiritual successor to um, uh, Guilty Gear. So, people don't know what I'm saying. But uh, anyway, some people do. Uh, Guilty Gear is the game I almost died for. That's the one that I went to, to go get at the store and uh, got held up and almost shot. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was good times. Um, but uh, yeah, fighting games. I'm a fiend. I love it. Uh, Justin Wong came through triumphant on uh, the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Ultimate. He won that, and he, he really kicked ass at the Killer Instinct as well. So that guy's just a fucking video game savant. Really fun wow. just to watch him. He can do anything. I saw him at the, remember the anime convention that was here in town yeah. a little while ago that I went to? He was there with a couple other gamers. There was a small mid-level cool. game competition yeah. there as well. And, yeah, so that guy's just deep with it. So cool. congratulations cool. to Justin for his win. Congratulations to Fudo for the big win on uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4. Nice. Yeah. Find your niche, people. It's good. You can they're replaying it a lot on Twitch right now, so you can see some of the highlights and uh Twitch. Yeah. yeah, I would hope. I would hope it's good, some good stuff. Twitch. But yeah, really check out that Blaze Blue finale. Blaze it was Blue. pretty badass. Cool name. Blaze Blue. Right. Yeah, Blaze Blue. Well, it's the week before con, the stuff started to trickle out, so Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, Let's give I you shouldn't have slept with her. <laughs> Let's give you some learning <laughs> at appropriate news you don't give a shit about. Oh, <laughs> I'm about, I tell you, we'll see. We'll see how the, I need. Yeah. I need some more water or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Just really I can go get, get, no, I can move. go get something. I can go get something myself. I can get anything in the fridge. Let's, no, I'll go get something. Go, get, get crazy. Right. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, Kate Mara, which fantastic. I, I love her. Right? I love her. She's hot. Right. I don't know who that is. Me neither. Uh, who will co-star as Sue Storm slash the Invisible Woman in the Fantastic Four flick? Uh, opened up to Esquire, Mexico, about the production process and how much prep work went into taking the role. During the interview, the actress said, quote, she's never been a fan of the comics and, quote, actually never read one, which is fine, but then laid this on us, quote, I was going to read some for this movie, but the director said it wasn't necessary, unquote. Uh, director Josh Trank apparently told Mara it wasn't necessary to read any Fantastic Four comics for context. Uh, if you're thinking maybe he doesn't want her performance to be colored by what's come before, so he'd prefer that she came at the iconic role from a fresh perspective, then prepare to be dashed. Uh, Mara went on to explain that the film apparently, quote, won't be based on any history of anything already published. Unquote. Oh Lord. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think she's a hot girl, and I've seen her in some decent shows and yeah. films. I'm not sure if I'm mad at her or the fucking director. No, that has nothing to do with her. This is all director. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, she still could have taken the initiative and said, "Well, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway." No, she no, probably no, will. In, in the acting world, you don't go against the director. It's, right, I know. If the director doesn't want you to 
color your performance because of some vision they have, you don't color your performance. Yeah, this guy clearly does not know what the fuck he's doing, meaning that this movie is going to be a piece of shit. Is this the, this is the new X-Men? This is Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Fanta- yeah. Who it's cares? It's 20th Century Fox. You, did you guys watch the other Fantastic Fours? I watched the first right. one. Right. Yeah. I watched the first one. We learned our lesson. None of us watched the second one. I watched the second one. Well, you're sorry. Yeah, I was. I so then that's it, right? I may How have could s- it? I mean, and it, pro- it might even be worse. Well, but who the fuck even cares anymore? It's just like, why take that tact of not, not basing on in, uh, the history of anything published? Because that hasn't worked well for Marvel so far. You know so. what? Let them do it. Maybe this will lead to the legal loophole that we need to say, you are not using these characters in the spirit they were intended, nor are you utilizing the history of information already there. So therefore, you have not truly made a Fantastic Four movie. You made a different film, almost a separate IP, and you have to relinquish the rights for Fantastic Four to Marvel as well. They've made a meh for yeah. Well, it also made, like, I was thinking, coming out of Snowpiercer, I was thinking, you know, I looked at Snowpiercer and it felt original and exciting. I mean, it's a story we've all seen. The oppressed try to rise up against the Boxcar Willie fights a stro- <laughs> storm ninjas yeah. but, on a train. But yeah. then having the tale ju- as old as time. Having just seen uh, the, the monkey movie, the apes movie, um, it's... Starring Mickey Dolan. I was going to say, how is Peter Nesmith in that? <laughs> They're both. Um, you'd be surprised. Mike Nesmith. Yeah, he's he Peter, plays he Peter plays, Nesmith. He plays in a ring. Mike Dolan. Peter Torque. Tork. Uh, but yeah. it's it's one of those things where they're both post-apocalyptic. So I sort of compared them. And the A-B Hollywood Jones. takes the last train to Hellville. The and problem I'll with, meet you when I'm baking. One of the problems with the ape movie is that. It's not. It, there's nothing original. Like we've already been down that road, and so it loses seven times. Yeah, at this least. is the seventh monkey movie. I think at least, if not it's ten or seventh, twelve, it's the seven. I think it's the seventh because there were right? five or six in the six. There were five in the old school set. Five, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And, and then, then there's these new two. Well, and, and, and then also one, the and then there's Burton the remake Tim Burton, but that's not. That's not. Damn it! That. I was but blocking that one out. That's Planet of the Apes, baby. That's Planet of the. But it was like it was a remake, though. But it's one of those things of like, yes, still an eight movie. Snowpiercer is a telling of a novel so it's not a completely new idea but it is an original filmatic idea. original idea it's an it's a new idea on film and so it was just so refreshing to be like oh here's a new creative like no matter how creative or inspired or uh, uh, artistically it's going to be the director's vision it's still going to have all of those previous films connected to it no matter how much you say it's a revamp it's still you can't not yeah, you can't always not going to be comparisons com- have that baggage with it. So it's just but like they you know the new Fantastic Four has the benefit of being compared to some of the shittiest movies ever made. So it it's going to be really hard pressed to be worse. I no. don't doubt it can't be. Yeah, they're trying. I think they're going to make it a, to- a total turd fest. But what, what still kills me about all this is like Fox just does not learn its lesson. I mean, you get. Brian Singer comes in with the first two X-Men films, essentially takes complete control of it, mm-hmm. goes into the Marvel archives, researches the hell out of it, and gives us two really good movies. And comes at it from a fan's perspective. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's not an X-Men fan. Well, but, he was not a Marvel fan. But he plays the angle. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. It's, it's, an, it's a 
bigotry allegory story. Yeah. Also, That's all X-Men is. He's also a good director, so he does Agreed. his homework and right. his research yeah. Yeah. and a story that's already been told. And he hires great actors. Yeah. And the same thing with the director of uh, X-Men... Uh, uh, First Class. First Class. He went through and researched that comic series to make his film. So you had really good directors that researched and presented us really good films. Okay. Then you have... The two Fantastic Four films. You have uh, the first Wolverine film. Really terrible. They didn't bother to do any research. They really kind of went into the cold. You've got really terrible films presented. So why is Fox not ever setting some standards for their directors? Because they still make money. Well, here's here's a a thought. Do you think this could be a possibility? The... Fan backlash and the lackluster box office performance of Amazing Spider-Man Two. That that was you know the Gwen Stacy story, that that was you know a historical arc mismanaged horribly. Right, right. But that's what it was. And then do you think Fox saw that and was like, we better not touch the stuff. We better not do old stories because if people have expectations. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was that, just going to get on just, the are you ta- Do you have the story about Orsi getting kicked off? Yeah, it's, it's coming up. Yeah, so, I mean, there's hope. I was just going to bring up the expectations. There's hope. I think in this... That's in the first time I have heard any accountability for that fuck. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> he has you're, gotten away with literal murder on the screen. If you're... <laughs> Disgusting if, bitch. If your reason is expectations, then you're a coward and a fool and you're lazy. I don't. You decided to pick a beloved subject matter. There is going to be expectation no matter what you do. So to say I'm going to do a whole new version of it and ignore everything that came before is just fear. It's just laziness. It's just you saying, well, I just really like these characters and I don't want to be held responsible for anything I do. So I'm going to say it has nothing to do with anything that's ever come before except for the idea of these characters, which I think is cool. And that's just if he really loved the characters, he would have a vested interest. He would have no choice but to tell the stories we've already seen. All right, but it's also also the viewer's viewer's fault too. It's also the consumer's fault because we, we delve so deep into these literatures and we become so involved with these characters that, um, we we we're never surprised anymore. We're never just like open is to. It, is it really our fault? It's it's half and half. It's half the directors. I, no, and half no, the I don't think so at all. I, I, I think no so. No way. No, I don't. No fucking way. Yeah, that, that, Watchmen was as close to perfect as you could do for that fucking movie. The ending tanked. Mm-hmm. No two ways about it. The ending was it was a misstep. So then it's not perfect. But it was as close. I mean. But by whose standards point, was it, by by whose standards did it tank? Yours or the directors or the general consumer who didn't know anything about Watchmen? I'd, I'd just say most people who read the novel, which includes you, right? I so had, by I your had, expectations, you hadn't failed. read it. I had not read the novel, and the ending tanked. The ending okay. doesn't work. The ending it's, is strange. The, the ending the feels general weird. consensus. It is weird. The ending feels tacked the on. The real weird ending or, is super fucking weird, yeah. and I think that's where he kind of chickened out and was like, it "Needed to go weirder. It needed to exactly." Too far is not far enough. Guy that can just exactly. Leave the planet and exactly. go to Mars and just build whatever the fuck he wants. It's already really bizarre. But, but yes, exactly. But he was close. He stuck to most of it. 
there's a lot of just straight up shots that are storyboarded directly from the book. Yeah, it's about as literal a translation as you very, can get. Very, very faithful up as, to a point. Very faithful. Do, I mean, as you can do without making them. It should have been a miniseries. But. Well, I'm right. Say, there's that too. There could have been a lot more time spent time on everything. Lot, they did an amazing job. You want to talk right. about fanatics is, I mean, uh, Lord of the Rings, the whole thing. There are things in the movies that do not happen in the books. Mm-hmm. And when the second movie came out, especially the whole thing, there's the whole thing where Frodo goes to the to uh, now I can't even remember Aborian? the uh, when uh, ah, damn it uh, Boromir's brother Faramir takes Frodo to the city which never happens in the book because Faramir's like oh I gotta let you go in the book he's like but they changed that and I had some friends who were like kind of pissed about it but they still fucking love those movies because they are so true so much to the of spirit right. and the characters and the love, and they did the research, and it's clear that the people who made it are passionate right. about that story. Take Just your liberties. Make your artistic yeah. choices here and there, but don't you dare go, I'm going to make the Spider-Man profit. movie. I'm going to make profit. But I'm going to throw out all yeah. of Spider-Man's history. What profit. an ass thing. Right. So stupid. I can tell the story better. I don't think Uncle right. Ben's necessary for the story. Let's cut him out. What yeah. is it? I don't think Uncle Ben's necessary for the story. Let's nah, cut him out. Yeah. Total wheat from the chaff, motherfuckers. <laughs> in other news, there's an Esquire in Mexico. <laughs> yes, there is. Esquire. News you don't give a shit about uh, the Power Rangers movie. This is Esquire. What? Is being developed by Would Lionsgate. Would you like to renew your subscription to Esquire? No, senor. No? No, no senor. What can I do to convince you I am not Esquire. that you need a subscription I to Esquire? Not, I am Bill no, S. Preston Esquire? Me right. no fashionable. Oh, fashion is only the tip of the Esquire iceberg. No, no, sir. No, For me, no. it's a matter of I don't speak the language, so I really don't uh, need to. My friend, Esquire no. translates beyond language barriers. No, gracias, no. No? No, gracias. What about what if I tell you, my friend, that you can get a free pinata phone? A, a, a pinata phone? A free pinata phone if you order Esquire. Wait, I don't know for me that. that. Well, of course not. You're too quick to say no. Is that a, a pinata full of phones? No. It, it is, is a, a pinata in the shape of a phone, but it is actually a functional phone. What, a wait, functional wait, I'm, phone. I'm rethinking this now. I so like now to wipe off pages. The phone is full of candies? The phone, she is not full of candies. She is <laughs> full of electronics that make it a phone. So you just give me a phone. But it looks like a pinata. <laughs> so you're saying it's a terribly horrible design. So it's shaped like a horse? It looks like a pinata. It's shaped like burro. No. It's like shaped like burrow? Have you seen an old style rotary phone? <laughs> yes, yes. That is the style see, see. of this pinata. See, what? This, uh, but, but it yes. is a phone. It seems uh, it will not fit well in my pocket. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a desk decoration. <laughs> it seems uh, so how you say estupido. <laughs> no, no. I think no the word you're looking for is esquire. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's, it's impractical. Okay, I, it's okay, no cell phone. okay, it's okay. No cell phone. Okay. Does it need wire to work? You know what? <laughs> of no course it does. What well, then is no cell phone? I did not say it's a cell you phone. I said it's a phone. phone. You give me old yeah, phone. It's a phone. You just give me phone. But it's a pinata <laughs> looking. <laughs> like no, it's just a phone. It's a 1984 phone. It's, 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 a, it's a phone this from makes no sense. 84 with streamers attached Elu- to it. Lo- exactly. <laughs> there you go. This is, I am not. What we do is we coat it in a light glue and then not, we drop confetti on it. I am not riding a bike with a banana seat. I do not need streamers on my phone. Fine. You will be sorry next year when banana seeds come back in fashion. But you won't know that because you're not subscribed to Esquire. That's right. And I do not care. Fine. 
I have wasted enough of both of our time. <laughs> the Power Rangers movie is being developed by Lionsgate, will be scripted by X-Men First Class Ashley, uh, writers Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz. Roberto oh. Orsi, one of the screenwriters behind the Transformers and Star Trek movies, Woo-hoo. is coming on board as executive producer. Oh, that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Orsi, who recently split with screenwriting partner Alex Kurtzman, has formed a new venture, Sneaky Shark. Orsi will develop the movie's story along with Miller and Stentz. Sure <laughs> I was going to say the same fucking he thing. He is a sneaky shark. <laughs> with the latter two handling screenwriting duties. And uh, so, yeah, that's coming. So, yeah, fuck What's that What's movie's going to ruin? Uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, great. What Can you ruin that movie? Did you have a lot uh, invested you know what? in Power There's, Rangers? The there, are, there are people oh, young, I know. There are far people younger than we fanatic sure. about that are fanatic about it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's this, their Transformers. It, or their Turtles. Yeah. The same kind of thing. Gotcha. And, even my wife watched the preview for the Turtles movie yesterday. I was like, and eh. she was just, she was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm appalled. She couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe it. She's like, "What in the fuck is this, Paul?" Because she knows what a turtle fanatic I am. I've got it's mass hysteria. Scads of turtle toys and memorabilia, and she's like, "What in the hell?" And I'm like, "I know it's it's Michael that, Bay. That He's movie just, is mass hysteria. He's think, on a mission to ruin everything. Do you think that stick, Orsi? What's and stick Megan Fox in the middle of it?" Do you think that Orsi and Bay are like having like a just little contest? Let's see what we could just fuck up next and see who gives a shit. Part of it, I mean, it, it is a pissing contest. It's a, it's a. It's how a, how how can we make this? How can we put our stamp on this? It's just shit? money. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's money. Just fucking Studios money. know yeah. money will be made. Mm-hmm. It's That's just it. money. And I mean, we kind of have George Lucas to blame, to thank for all of it because it's uh, many of these films. A lot of the scenes, a lot of the sets, a lot of the characters are created with simply the toyatic properties in mind. That's it. Oh, and it's be converted into a into an action figure. Yeah, toyatic. Yes. Uh, Look it up. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh, my toyatica. <laughs> oh, it's killing me. Oi, oi, my Toyotica. Why did I take the back of the bus oh, today? Oh, jeez. I should have known. I know better. Sundays I'm going things? up Third and Elm. That thing is a, it's a pothole it's, feast. It's like a it's like it's a, a it, they, they, it's like the a road, road. The it's road like a, eats tires. Oh, jeez. Ah, Toyotica. My Toyotica's <laughs> at it again. Speaking of Oof. awful money generation news, you don't give a shit about a Glue Mobile's Kim Kardashian iOS game. Is set to generate what? Is set to generate two hundred million dollars annual revenue for the company, uh, according to one analyst. Go back. Why? I know some of those words, but they don't seem wow. to be in order that makes sense. <laughs> None of Glue that IO3 makes Wahawa? any sense. Glue Mobile, that's the company. GLU. Oh. I'm familiar they're, they're, with that. They're iOS company. game developer. Yeah. What's an iOS game? They, they've took their it's old a game that only operates on Apple systems. They've taken really? iOS their- is Apple's. Operating Soul system. operating system. Well, wow. Glue, Glue does develop for other platforms, too. But, but this sure. particular yes. one is just this, for... Uh, this particular yeah, one? Yeah. Actually, I wonder if yeah. it's in Google Play now. They basically reskinned one of their old games to put Kim Kardashian in it. Nice. And the game's already boosted the company's share price by 40% in less than a month. Is it Grand Theft Auto and she's, it's just Kim Kardashian? <laughs> There's clothes and shoes involved. So we should reskin her. Glue CEO Niccolo Damasi said the game is on track to be one Rolo of his biggest Tomasi hits. Rolo Tomasi is ahead of this company? Yeah, makes Rolo all sense. Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> it all uh, comes the, the game's called Kim Kardashian <laughs> colon Hollywood. <laughs> Holy shit, it just what? popped up in Google Play. Uh, it's a free download. Of course it is. Offering in-app Look, purchases running as high as, I've seen it. as $99 for the $175,000 of its virtual currency. I don't want to know what? nothing about Kim Kardashian's colon. $99. 
oh gee fuck uh god this you know they're they're it's amazing how often like within a five minute span i can be like what a great country this shithole country is it's just god damn it it makes me legit want to find johnny cochran for making his like her, their dad sit there in the courtroom because hadn't he you not been You mean Robert there? Kardashian? Yeah, had he not been in the fucking courtroom during the OJ trial, we would never have had this. It's never. It's just so. Actually, I blame OJ for this. So fuck you, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I you know I don't think it really matters so much that he was part of the the Simpson legal team because hardly anybody remembers that he was part of that team. I, I didn't know until her, you said it. Her her oh, mother. Okay. Her mother is just this super crazy promotional machine and turns all of her kids into So you're saying we would have dealt with her stars regardless. with no substance. There, a, there, there's no reason for them to be stars PR, other than the fact that they they, they have been presented as stars, and she's you're like, oh, well, I guess they're they a star. Their image very she's well. She's a promotional machine that went into high gear after her daughter got caught in a porno. P-R-D-S's. That was the th- yeah. That uh, according to a lot of people in uh, in that industry, in the porn industry, she was the one that leaked that tape. Yeah, a lot of well, producers fa- believe that she leaked the ta- her daughter's tape to get her on the scene, so that people would go, "Oh, here's this show coming up starring this girl that I, was just well, in the sex tape." Fucking conniving Mother bitch! It's year. awesome. Why wouldn't you? They work for Paris Hilton. I know they they're just following the model of Paris Hilton. Yeah, exactly, going, that's what I was saying. And going full on, they they're not stopping. Where Paris finally stopped. Nobody really knew who but, Paris Hilton was until her tape came out. Yeah, and now she does clothing design and modeling and all this other BS that we don't give a shit about. And a yeah. prime album. She's a non. Did she come out with an album? Really? Yeah, she did. Oy. News you don't give a shit about. Wow, Comic Con. Interesting. Wait. Is trying something new. <laughs> For Hall H. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. The clusterfuck that is Hall H. Now, I, know, I, I know what Hall H is, but you may Yeah, I, I'm going, I am going. I was just about to. Okay, uh, Hall H is where all of the major events take place. The biggest reveals, and the campout is huge, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, normally, the entrance to Hall H is a first-come uh, basis, which has led attendee, in, attendees to camp out overnight or longer for the last few years. The issue with Hall H, like other panel rooms at Comic-Con, is the room does not empty after each panel. So attendees looking to see the Marvel Entertainment panel panel at the end of the day must camp out there for hours, sit through every other panel which came before it first. So Comic-Con is using wristbands. Here's the official rundown from the Comic-Con website. Wristbands will be distributed for Hall H only. These wristbands are not guaranteed entry passes. <laughs> they will be used to gauge the length of the line for Hall H. You must have a badge or badge barcode to be in line. Wristband distribution will begin in Plaza Park as people get in line, but will stop at approximately 1 a.m., resuming again at 5 a.m. at the spot where the last wristband was given out. Oh, yeah. You will need to have a wristband in order to enter Hall H for the first panel of the day only if the people with wristbands leave the line for the first panel of the day and more seating becomes available the room will be filled with the first people in line who do not have wristbands these are not meant to be entry passes but a marker for attendees in line 
as always, for Comic-Con International Lines. If you need to leave the line for any reason, be sure a member of your group remains in line or you will lose your place in line. Wristbands cannot be sold, saved, traded. After the first mm-hmm. panel of the day loads, the wristbands will not be used and the line will proceed as normal. The wristbands will be in four colors, each color denoting a section of the line. The first quarter of the room's capacity will receive a certain color, next quarter another color, and so on. So you get a wristband, but it doesn't guarantee anything, and you can't use it to leave the line and come back. That is a terrible... The wristbands! Well, they do nothing! The whole, the whole, <laughs> as Jeff brought up, the whole clusterfuck that is Hall H is just oh retarded. Because, see... You go Those to a, you go to panels. I go to we go to panels all the time. And what should happen is those people in the fucking room for the first panel should leave with the other line on the outside of the door, letting them go in. And there should be like it's just fucking circular motion of people going in and out. But no, they just want to let people camp out. So that's not the solution either. And that solution just came as terrible and convoluted. How is that not the solution? That should be because a solution. Because say you want to see, happen to want to see two shows, two panels that are back to back, and not because cool. you're camping, but because you really want to see about Thor and you want to see about My Little Pony. Well, Tough titty. titty. Well, How that, many well, fucking people well, are coming? You just go there the night before. Yeah. Well, in com- a common practice is also like. Even if you don't give a shit about the two say the say the two panels leading up to your panel, you still go to that panel that's four hours before your panel to sit in on that one so you make sure you have a seat for the panel that you actually want to go to. So you're basically taking up a seat to ensure yourself a seat in your panel, but taking away a seat from somebody that actually wants to see the panel that, that you're yeah, just if you're going to Hall H, you're going to be there all day. Simple as that. Yeah, Beginning pretty much. To end. You know what the solution, in my opinion, would be? And this, you know, who am I? Not going to Con? No. Well, there's that. But Comic Con's dead. A Hall It's a- done. Well, Comic Con's dead. The big one is dead. There should be more than one like major presentation room. What a uh, crazy there idea. There's Ballroom well, no, 20 like, and Hall H. Hall H, it's like you should do Hall H, and then the next one happens in the other place. But, that, but that's just it. There is no hall bigger than Hall H. Yeah. I mean, he There's mentioned, no ballroom. He, he mentioned ballroom 20. It's a large room, but nowhere near as large. Yeah, but yeah. here's my point. How long has San Diego Comic-Con been going on? The 35 years, something like that. Yeah. They know what's going on. Oh, yeah. They can build a fucking room. Like, well, it's not well, that. No, well, been, been, I've never been. Is there an arena close to there? No. Well, the uh, Petco Theater is the Petco. Then, oh my God, Petco hold one of Petco them in the theater. theater. I love seeing shows at the Petco Theater. Well, I, that's Petco, the, Petco Park. Field? They Petco do Park. the best shows. I get tired of the kibbles and bits. They actually <laughs> have done presentations at Petco Park. Yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they know the situation. They've been expanding that in the convention center every few years. Well, but, but in all so the expansions they've done, they've never added a new hall. New hall the size well, of the Well, they've added There will be. Exhibition um, space. One day. No, they're, they're, it's supposed to be done by 2018. Yeah, well. They're, by that time. Where, where the park is between the, by the that parking time, garage probably right. and where Hall H is. They're expanding that all the way out there, and they're expanding the back all the way to the pier. So it's Great. going to it's increase going to the footprint. But essentially, all you're going to get really is probably a giant hall H. Now, here's where uh, the website says this is going to be helpful for the attendee. Okay. Well, how is oh, this helpful? Be? Good. That's interesting. They're calling these the Tucon Tracker. All right. Tucon Tracker. By using the Tucon Tracker wristbands, we hope to alert people to the possibility 
of getting into Hall H for the rest of the day. We will accomplish this by using the data collected to place color-coded markers along the line route, noting approximately what percentage of the room would have to clear in order for those remaining to in line to enter. Although we can never guarantee entry, this hopefully will help people determine if they want to continue to wait in line or go do something else. But only after yeah. the first yeah. event. Yeah, only the first one. This is a giant committee it's racking their brains it's big to come up with the worst solution possible. So, good luck, all you comic con really attendees. It really seems, seems like they're overthinking the problem and not coming up with the, I've always thought a about solution going, that actually is somewhat feasible to implement. It seems to me the easiest solution is just to have Sorry. multiple rooms for those kinds. And so there's only well, one. They do have multiple rooms, well, no, but no, they but just don't have the size. No, I that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you create three or four halls that size, and then each one only does one or two a day of the big reveals. I would say Hall H is bigger than all the other rooms combined. Uh, you, you might be close to Close. That. Yeah. You might be close. But you know what I'm saying. Enough of this. Weekend Geek. Oh, wow. Thank God, we're finally getting to something we care about. As Paul mentioned earlier in an exclusive interview with the Amazing Spider-Man 2 scribe, Roberto Orsi confirmed to IGN he will no longer be working on the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. This includes the planned Venom and Sinister Six spin-off films that Sony hoped would be released after the Amazing Spider-Man 3. It was originally thought that with the Amazing Spider-Man 3's rumored rescheduling, this would give more time for Orsi to work on the series spin-off films. So, Orsi... Officially gone. The the man with the plan. Let's hope that it's better then. I'm not giving it any hope. I mean, I'm not sad to see him go. Is Kurt I don't think still any, on it? I don't think anyone else is going to step in there Nobody and unbreak it. No. Unless they really unless they really do a 180 and hire someone like Grant Morrison or someone, you know, yeah. if they really go outside the box, <laughs> outside the box and hire a comic writer, right? <laughs> like Brian Michael Bendis could pen an amazing movie script, sure I bet. Could. Yep. Sure. They give him a shot. I'll bet he could. I bet he'd fucking he'd kill it. He'd yeah. fucking kill it. You know what kills Bendis, me? Ben like, Edlund. For, for yeah, like any of these guys. The entire history of like comic book movies. We have this insane... Well, I should say Hollywood has this insane notion that comic writers can't write for the screen. Well, you've got people like J. Michael Straczynski that have written for both film, mm -hmm. television, and comics. A Straczynski penned Spider-Man film... Would be incredible. Yeah. See, that's the I'm kind of thing that. I'm saying. Is like Fully that would be that. fucking fantastic. These guys are professional writers, and they're very good at what they do. It's insane to think that they could not pen a reasonable, if not fantastic. Sure, but that's screen. It takes an independent filmmaker script. like uh, Rodriguez to let right. Frank Miller write. Deal with you know I'll, be involved uh, what, in what the it? reproduction of his stories. That's not what the movie companies. That's not their focus. That's they're not, not how Hollywood. They're works. not there to write a great movie, they a great Spider-Man movie. They're there to, to make continue their money. options. Because a great Spider-Man movie might not have eight different villains with toy connections. Well, yeah, you're that's right. not, the problem. Yeah. They the really, merchandising would be less. Yeah, they just don't right. care about the story. They care that it, it is a profitable item. That's all they give a shit about. And that's why Orsi is in such demand, because he makes movies with lots of toys in it. Well, There's... and you know, merchandising was part of the reason that uh, the Sam Raimi was was essentially booted after the third Spider-Man film. He didn't want Venom in the film. They forced Venom into the film. Mm -hmm. So you, we got this... Confused film. Conf yeah, exactly. This confused film with two villains that really just didn't seem to be... I didn't give a shit about anything in that movie. 
fucking Spider-Man 3. And Damn it. Yeah, when so me and Torgo saw Spider-Man 2, there wasn't a thing we cared about. Because 2 is so good. What? Oh, the new the, one. Yeah, we had yeah, the same. we didn't care for shit about yeah, it. Yeah, amazing. The, 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 the Spider-Man 2, amazing. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, is, two is uh, the Super Raimi good. series is the best Spider-Man they've done. Yep. Yeah, period. It's fun. Uh, yeah, and I think it's uh, maybe there is something to be said. I'm kind of sort of optimistic, I guess, in a way, as toys are going to get weird soon. Soon? Weirder. It's getting really expensive. Really expensive. I don't know if you guys have seen the Guardians of the Galaxy toys that are out right now. I have not. They're tiny. Ooh, really? Tiny. They make them like like the five two foot inch foot. tall. Really? If that? Huh? They're static little bitties. Now they have some other different variables on it, but the toy industry is grasping right now at what they can do to produce smaller figures at an affordable price point. That will still entice people to buy. It's just getting too expensive to make them, I assume? You've got five-inch figures going for $10 a piece now, which were at the $5 or $6 price range forever. Like $3 when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about and, that. And, and, and only, you know, for the last 30 years, only $3 up more, basically. But now which, it's... Which doesn't really fit inflation. You know what I mean? Like, no, not at all. It's it's similar what to that, what it's similar to video games. They've well, been in, in, yeah. impervious to inflation. Think about what a McDonald's cheeseburger costs when you were ten, and right. what it costs now. Mm-hmm. And I think w- when, when you were a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, GI Joe was twelve inches goddamn tall. Damn it! Right? How much was that? Would, would a twelve inch GI Joe go for? I don't know. I didn't have money. <laughs> all right. Well, how the, long ago was that? The twelve inch ones were sixty-eight. Expensive Jeez. for the day. Yeah, what? they were expensive for the day. The twelve. Twelve bucks. Yeah, fifteen bucks. Which is you know probably thirty or thirty 40 or forty dollars. Yeah. Sure. Uh huh. I, I think it's not well. It's so getting to the point where it just can't be done. The Masters of the Universe Classics line keeps going up, keeps going up, and that's part of the. Re- I mean, the next year is the last year, and part of the reason is because it's just not feasible. You can't create that size of a toy at a price point that people will pay for. Right now, with shipping, every one of those little, every one of those six-inch figures is a thirty-five dollar investment for me. Yeah, well, with, right? sh- with, shipping. with shipping, still twenty-five, twenty-seven. If you're not in the subscription club, twenty-seven, almost a thirty-dollar. But they're a limited number made limited for a very number, specific group, right? But it's that's not where mass population. But that's where building. toys are going. Yeah, good toys are going there, and the mass-produced toys are becoming very static, mm. very basic, and this leads me to think. Fingers crossed. The only kinds of toys that they're going to be able to make are very static, very basic, and they might change the model of this eight-figure-per-line thing, right? It's like four hero figures, two villains, two ancillary characters. I see where you're going. Right? You know what I mean? This, the toy companies themselves have been working off of a recipe for like, decades. We don't want this many villains. Right. Now it's going to be like, guys, we don't need them. If you make them, fine. But whatever your movie, we're going to produce a hero figure, a villain figure and one ancillary character or whatever, right? And maybe that will also help changing the mindset of the filmmakers that they don't have to go so balls out crazy throwing everything in the kitchen sink just for marketing and but toy that's, creation. That's 10 years down the road. And I don't see that happening. I don't, maybe, five, I don't see maybe five. It's getting tight, yeah, man. I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't follow your reasoning, I guess, to that point, but... What do you mean? Well, I I think what he's getting at is that right now a lot of toy manufacturers are, number one, overpaying for toy licenses. They're paying far too much for something that that 
you know, in many cases, hasn't even gone in, like, movies that haven't gone into production yet. So when the movie comes out, if it is not a hit, they have mass-produced literally thousands of figures that are never going to sell. So that's part of it. They're overpaying for licenses. They're overproducing the actual figures. And then, because the actual cost of manufacturer per toy is is very marginal but they're spend they're overspending on licenses they're overspending they're overproducing they're overspending on marketing because in many ta- in many cases when they do license something and start producing toys for it in the case of like amazing spider-man 2 it's not a hit it did not do as well at the box office as sony was saying it was and the toy manufacturers were hoping it would so they have thousands of toys sitting on the shelves of stores that are just not going anywhere so you have all these toys sitting there costing them money essentially because they have put them out nobody's buying them they spent too much for the license to get that toy they made way too many toys and that's shelf real and, estate and that sh- and then oh yeah that's another thing in many cases they pay the stores an additional fee to put their figures in a certain spot so they're paying too much for marketing, which that falls under the marketing aspect of those toys. So they're just basically paying too much for what they're putting out. So now they're trying to minimize their production costs by still continuing to follow this ridiculous model, but putting out smaller figures is like well, what and, he's saying. Well, and Paul's idea, too, is that like a lot of times we've been saying all night that they put four villains in the movie because yeah. of the potential of there's right. more toys that and I that's get. what right. they want. So, but but I, kids uh, who primarily buy these toys I, don't buy villain yeah. toys. And so I I think there's some truth to that, but not as much. I don't think it has I, as I, much I think there's some wishful thinking in there. Yeah, I don't think it's as much of an influence as we think it is. Um, <clears throat> but it does seem to be a factor, definitely. The tracking board is reporting that Chris Columbus, who wrote the screenplays for 1985's The Goonies and 1984's Gremlins, is reportedly in talks to produce revivals of both of these fan-fave franchises Mm. in the coming years. Uh, Additional details were relatively slim, though Slash Film noted that The Gremlins Project is reportedly a sequel-style reboot as opposed to a total remake of the original film, meaning that it will be set in the same world as the first film just 30 years later. What holiday? Uh, Easter. Arbor Day. Well, no, what holiday do you think they'll pick? I think they'll go Christmas again. Yeah. No. Uh, for the for the sad story. Uh, oh, for the uh, <laughs> uh, what's see, her name? For the terrible revelation of uh, what's her name? What is uh, what was her name? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. Cates. Yeah. So Phoebe Cates, oh. Phoebe Cates has got to be in it, and she's got to have another horrific holiday revelation because because comedy rule of threes. Yeah. That would be astoundingly <laughs> awesome. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the second had, one was there. The a second one was uh, second yeah. One? It was it was it was President's Day. Yeah. What? She does an Abe Lincoln yeah, thing. Yeah. It's really yeah. Wow! Yeah, she's like, like flashed by an like, Abe Lincoln oh, or no, something. Oh no, President's Day. Yeah, something weird, but it's, but <laughs> yeah. it's you know, it's just like the Christmas. It'd thing. be great. Like Arbor that Day. second one was that second movie was great. It, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. the it's first dark. movie. It's dark. That Re- second one, which yeah. is why PG thirteen mm-hmm. exists because people are like, and it's and it's it's just super self aware and yeah. crazy. Yeah. It knows what it is. Yeah. It yeah. knows exactly what it is, and know, it doesn't give a fuck. It. Have you never seen it? I've never seen it. The Gremlins to the new. Dude, I just picked up a three pack. They've got. 
Goonies, Gremlins 1 and 2. What? Nice. For 10 bucks. That's Perfect. Kind of a weird, and a three-pack nice. DVD set. Kind of a weird three-pack. Well, but you see the yeah, connection. Yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Two of them are Columbus. Oh, yeah, 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 I get you, but still. And uh, all three are Warner Brothers. Yeah. So. Uh, the story would apparently fall in line with the original tale, which follows a young boy who receives a strange pet that comes with even weirder rules. And the rumblings of a new Goonies flick have also been bouncing around for years. Original director Richard Donner is already linked to return for Goonies 2, so if Columbus returns, they'll essentially be getting the band back together on that one. Nice. That'd be really cool. Nice. Now, they'll use the classic actors, right? Uh, they, uh, the ones that are alive. Who's dead? <laughs> I know. The, uh, the, no, assu- the assumed stories alive. is that it is their children. Right. That, that's Passing the torch. Right. Hey, um, a lot of Ghostbusters shit. Besides the apes thing, are we talking about any more monkeys things in here? I'm sorry. In the, in you have the, any more in the monkey news? news. Hey, hey, monkeys hey, as so far as I know, I don't have monkeys. Ooh, so monkey last news! Night, cheeky! Last night I was, no, back, news. back on this remake stuff, I was uh, perusing last night, and I found out that they were making a 12 Monkeys TV series. Oh, oh. The, yeah, in that, that case, yeah, I do have that. Okay, I don't want to talk about that. We'll continue. <laughs> see, it's got monkeys in the title. I dude. see. That's, that's what yeah, I said. Yeah. I was like, do we have anything like, monkeys? Monkey, that's all I was getting at. Monkey I'll News wait till is that happens. Uh, Sunday School, right? Uh, they do Monkey Tuesdays. Monkey yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Then, uh, I will wait till But, but it's Monkey News. Essentially, similar stuff. Gervais had it down first, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you're monkey news. Well, that's I am. I'm always Gervais monkey news. Says the monkey news. That's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. MTV has just given a 10 episode straight to series order to Shannara. The uh, TV series based on Terry Brooks' best selling. I'm sorry. Best selling fantasy series of the same breast, name. Breast. What's it called? Uh, Shannara. It's Shannara. Shannara. Which Shana-na. is the sound your tongue makes as it whips widely across, across a nipple. Shanana, the doo-wop TV show from yeah. the 80s. Hey, yeah. everybody, I it's me, it's John Bowser Bauman. Wow. It's time for a real rockin' Shanana party. Yeah, the sword of Shanana. The Elfstones of Shanana. Hey, boo-ba-doo-boo, take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Don't speak disrespectfully. Take out the garbage. Garbage. Don't speak disrespectfully. <laughs> I'm amazed you remembered his name because I, I was drawn. I'm a John there Bowser Bowman. Bowser, Bowser. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talk, talk. Yeah, Take baby. out the garbage. Uh, Matt met him just the other day at the uh, yeah. Really? They had that special event with Olivia Newton John oh, for yeah, a meet thing. and greet with uh, with some of the special card members Very and uh, John Bowser yeah. Bowman and Sean and I were there as well. Wow. Well, that's Which right. is a great story. Yeah. Listen to. Uh, the ice cream social, Matt Madeline's Oh yeah, ice cream you got to hear that. that. Really, that was a fun yeah. little thing. Uh, That's great. Uh-huh. Olivia, what is it? Olivia Newton John. Mm-hmm. Olivia Newton John's sticky microphone. I believe is the title of the episode. Yep. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back where That's I was, back story. east, we said uh, sort of Shannara. Right, and that's why I used to say it. But when I when I met Terry Brooks, he pronounced it Shannara. So I'm like, oh, that's how. Okay. Ah, okay. So Brooks is, on, is second only See to J.K. Rowling. That he met him? Yeah, you can drop Bowser. Look at the name dropping over here. Take out the garbage. Don't be disrespectful. Well, Paul's dropping Bowser for someone else. So it's not like he met him. Yeah. Well, I met Bowser too, and boy, what a guy. Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. I had a friend that met Mason Reese. What's Bring in the canines Reese? and put out the felines. Uh, yeah. Don't be disrespectful. Mason Reese was in a commercial. Talk, talk, talk. Kid actor who was in commercials. Uh, oh, yeah. He died, with, he died from Pop Rocks. He didn't die from Pop Rocks, though. No. <laughs> the fuck was it? The Borgeshmorg. The Borgeshmorg kid. <laughs> it's like a Borgeshmorg. <laughs> what? <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> it's like a Borgeshmorg. It's like a Borgeshmorg. <laughs> 
like I, intentionally oh, mispronounced. <laughs> I just I want to okay. say uh, I'm very grateful that you you were patient enough to let him get that out. Because <laughs> 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 normally you would have stopped him long before he got to Borgeshmorg, and we would have missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the commercial for? Dinty more soup? <laughs> bologna or something? I don't remember. Bologna? Yeah. A Borgishmore to bologna? <laughs> bologna? <laughs> but the thing is, the king, he, was a, he was a kid actor in the 70s, and a friend of mine was doing caricatures, and he turned around and saw this you know, middle-aged man, and he looked at him and said, do I know you? He goes, uh, you might. You're Mason Reese. He goes, yeah, I'm Mason Reese. And it's like... What else was he in? Nothing. He was like commercials, and he was on like a constant. He was like a constant. Uh, he like showed up, appeared on the Mike Douglas show. How did when, this guy know him from Mike Douglas appearances? And then the commercial it was a, it's a ubiquitous commercial. Who doesn't? Uh, a ubiquitous. I have no. In the I, early seventies. Okay, before, before I was you born. Were born. Yeah. All I gotta, right. I gotta look this. I'll up. accept that. Because I was gonna say, you gotta remember this is when what Andy was in his twenties, yeah, mm-hmm. and we were all still not even sperm. <laughs> we weren't Maybe. even sperm yet. Back when everything still smelled truly the first time, just a gleam in your father's sack. <laughs> so yeah, Shandra's happening. Sack check Andy over here. Sack check Andy. Right. By the way, I would like to apologize for anyone who listens to this show for actual news. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you apologize to them? Who's listening to this show for actual news? It's not actual news. They can find it where I found it. People right. are waiting lazy for the major bastards. Reese news. Lazy, that's, our, that's our lesson here. Don't be lazy. Look up your own goddamn news. <laughs> This is like a Borgeshmorg news. It is. It's a Borgeshmorg. Thank you for the PSA there, that, Wasn't that an episode of Voyager? Blow me. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a Mr. Tuvok. Mr. Tuvok, what's going on? Stargate Borgeshmorg. <laughs> Apparently, Mr. Neelix has created a very elaborate dining experience for all of us to partake in. Oh. Uh, what? Is that right, Mr. Mister Neelix? Oh, yes, Captain. Yes, indeed. Why don't you come on back to the mess hall, and I will show you what I've made. I got some help from a special friend on the ship. Who did you work with, Mr. Neelix? Why, none other than Miss Seven of Nine. Oh, my God. You've created a borgishmark. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, Captain. I, I didn't know. It is too late. <laughs> it is forming a black hole. You as may we speak. You may try and compose a ha- uh, you may try and compose a house salad if you like, but by the time you have added shredded carrots, it will be far too late for you. You will be over. Or, <laughs> you will be assimilated. Your cottage cheese and salad dressings will be assimilated and brought into us. That was a smorgasbord of words. Train there. Yeah, I kind of yeah. So, uh, I was part a little bit at the end, but yeah. it's pretty funny. So I was, I was looking for <laughs> the. Uh, it's convention. a Borgeshmorg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my ship. I want my ship back, Mr. Tuvok. As do we all. Well, do something about it. Chakotay, my rock. <laughs> Where are you when I need you most? Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 The empty void. <laughs> the void between my captain's legs. <laughs> I yearn for my home. I want to get all these people back home. Do you understand? I don't want to stay here in the Delta Quadrant. We're stuck. Ah. And now you build a Borgish Moor. <laughs> your, your Janeway has turned into a Munchkin version of Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his intention. 
I'm very glad that you landed on her. <laughs> We've been trying to get rid of her for a long time. <laughs> what you did, we couldn't do for generations. <laughs> now, be on your way and follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Follow the follow, follow, follow. Follow <laughs> and which, the yellow brick which road. Which guild do you represent? You're off to see the wizard. Well, I was with the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> you were with the Star Trek Guild. For a while. I've changed over. Now I'm with another guild. A different guild. What guild's that? The guild of cock. Oh, not of calamity. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro no. opened up with an interview with Collider about oh, his plans for I know the what this anime-styled Pacific Rim animated series. He said, quote, What's great is it's a great setup and a link between the first movie and the second movie. It really enhances the mythology of the characters. We have cameos of characters from the first movie, but mostly it's a net set of new characters, new Jaegers, except for one or two, and new kaijus. We're going for a long arc, so the idea is to show a group of characters. We have pilots, functional Jaegers. We also have these younger characters. I really want to explore things that are complementary to the things that I want to explore in the second movie. Drift, what drifting does to you, what is needed to drift. A lot of stuff that I think is important, but also the Jaeger technology, the kaijus being evolved, ideas about the precursors, uh, the guys that control the kaijus. We have a lot of leeway in 13 episodes and I want to make it sort of the same spirit of Pacific Rim, which is the ideal audience for Pacific Rim was young, very young, 11-year-olds and so forth, but with really beautiful design and stories that make these characters interesting, unquote. Sorry, so um, first off, we're going the Animatrix route with this, obviously. Right, that's why I figured too. Uh, because it's the middle part between one and two, which was the Animatrix was. Characters who appear and don't appear and blah, 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 and give you more story. But so meaning the general populace is not going to know because they're not going to watch this. Well, to me, it is Del Toro creating Paul's worst nightmare, basically saying, I am now going to make Evangelion. <laughs> You know what this means? Well, he's try- he was trying He's the first finally time. doing what you asked him he to do. He was trying to do it the first oh, yeah. time. He was trying to do it the movie. And I'd heard, I would, I'd read somewhere just recently, or heard on radio. I can't remember where I got this. I must have been reading this. But I guess a lot of his vision was heavily compromised because of studio influence, because of the budget behind that thing. I can see that. Which I can totally understand. It happens to directors often. Like sure. He's really busy right now because he yeah. just did The Strain. That I haven't watched that episode show. yet. I need to. He's got this thing happening. There's another movie coming out soon. He's working on a Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah. Mountain back and running. Yeah, he what he busy. says there basically tells me for the second movie, he's going to co-opt a good chunk of Halo mythology. What it tells me is That's that... That's what that... I mean, not that, not that where, Halo where did, where isn't... Where did he get that? Well, from... Uh, he's looking for the, the... What do they call him? The... The Jaegers? Jaegers. The, no. Kaiju? The, the people that Drift? create the Kaiju. The, oh, the precursors. The precursors. Forerunners in Halo oh, mythology. Yeah, it's an old trope, though. It's, it's, and it's I'm old. not saying it's new to Halo, but as far as current, relevant yeah, yeah, science yeah. fiction mythology, mm-hmm. it's a direct tangent. I will yeah, say yeah. it's just precursors one more of those things. with a lowercase letter. I don't oh, fucking okay. care. That it's one of those all things again. The difference, it's, my friend. Nah, it's one of those <laughs> stupid <laughs> things again where it's just it's just like. Who made the aliens? What I think this means is who that Guillermo Carroll listens to the show and he hates Paul. Who made whom? <laughs> Joe whom? Joe Mama. Kaiju whom? Kaiju Mama. Kaiju. Now you're just getting racist. 
What time is it? I don't know. Is it's it red, red light, green light yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Look at that. Let's see if I green light something. Uh, deadline Seems reports. Unlikely. I almost told you the time. Network has just ordered a pilot for <laughs> The Magicians, an hour-long fantasy drama series written by John McNamara, who did Starring Brian's Doug Henning. <laughs> hey, everyone. Get ready. Magic. And Sarah Gamble, who's behind Supernatural. Magic. What? Henning is magic. dead. Not in the world of magic. <laughs> Best trick he's ever done. Back from the grave, Doug oh, Henning, magic. the zombie magician. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to make my arm disappear or just fall off. Hey. <laughs> Adapted from Lev Grossman's acclaimed novel of the same name and its sequel with the third book on the way, the series follows a group of young magicians in New York City who attend an elite magic academy and also discover that a fantasy world they read about as children is, in fact, very real. Think Hogwarts with a bit more grown-up and cynical. The Magicians earned plenty of acclaim when it was first published in 2009, has since spawned two sequels. That's 2011's The Magician King and the upcoming Magician's Land. Gentlemen. I, I'm greenlighting the hell out of that. Sounds cool. Greenlight, sure. Yeah, I'll green yeah. Light. yeah, that could Fine. be fun. Completely original idea. That's three. I, I even I even <laughs> suppressed my bad joke about whether it was based on the Bill Bixby show. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Wow. What the fuck does my vote count, then? There's three to two. Well, still, though, you got you to gotta log it for the boss. Heard. Jeff, go first. <laughs> uh, sure, I'll green light it. I'd be interested to see what, what goes on with that. Now, now we've if you feel differently, feel free to... Because you know, we found out when uh, Kay was here and I tried to suck up to him. That it's, not, it's a mistake. No, You'll yeah. get fired. Well, he did yell at me before about like not greenlighting shit. He so, did. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go again and not greenlight this motherfucker because that's that's what I do. I don't greenlight shit that doesn't like that doesn't sound interesting. If it so you're doing it on principle. Yeah, this does not sound. If this it doesn't, doesn't sound anything new, that's not happening. But I want something new and inventive no, and creative. It, it sounds like the first real hard attempt at Harry Potter parody. That's what it kind of sounds like to me. Okay. There or have been swipes at it in some of the scary movies and things like that, little touches. But this sounds like someone's really taking the world and putting it on putting it on its ear. You're Maybe. not counting uh, Harry Harry's Potter and the magician's staff, the porno? No. 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 Paul, can you make me believe any more than this in this like than what you just said? Cuz it doesn't sound anything new. Yeah, I mean it sounds it sounds to me like if you remember, you know, no, no, uh, no. when the uh, when the disaster movies were all the rage and then we had the parody disaster movies. Yeah, right? yeah. And those were actually quite good. And this sounds like there's a little more thought behind it. It sounds like it's a little more mature. And it could be really fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of an interesting parallel that there could be. Uh, I guess it would be kind of like discovering uh, suddenly that, I don't know, what's another fictionalized... Cur- like, Last like, Starfighter. Like, not even that. Like, like discovering like the True Blood stuff is real. Like, finding out that vampires are controlling a big chunk of Louisiana and all that kind of shit, right. and doing sort of a, how would that really, really work? Well, it was interesting. Like, you've got, you've got the take that, that, that like True that. Blood does, yeah. Yeah. which is supposedly set in our world, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's still very unrealistic sure. and very fant- fantastical. Okay, yeah. so... If you really put a hard, real bent on it and did a, and did a, a much more, like, 
Watchmen type. This is what it would really be like to have I'd be really vampires and shit okay. in our world. All right, he just fucking sold me on that premise. If this was a show, <laughs> on I, I got to write that now. If but. this was a show that you just gave me on HBO or an AMC, mm-hmm. filmed in that kind of style, like mm-hmm. like True Blood or something yeah. like film like that, well, I would definitely green light the shit. Out see, of that's me. the thing with True Blood. Everything's secret. Everything's everything's hidden. You know, True Blood takes itself far too seriously. I've never Precisely, seen the show, but and I've seen be, snippets of it, and I'm always, I'm always bored because everybody's like, apparently the book series is fantastic. I'm My a, wife adores I'm a vampire. adores the book series. And it's like everything is just so right. Everybody's every, a fucking vampire. Every word is far too important. Oh, buddy, yeah, yeah. And, every, then, it, and then it's here come the wieners and titties. Yeah, uh, that's um, which great. Uh, but yeah. uh, I was in it for the wieners. But you know, there's more to it. If 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 there would be <laughs> if it was everybody knew, right? If it. it the whole town at certain points gets hypnotized well, I was, and getting their brains wiped. This you know? weekend on uh, AMC. There's no, or, no uh, uh, ramifications. This weekend on ABC Family, they did a whole weekend of all the Harry Potter movies. And I just had it on in the background while I was packing up Good the house fun. and such. Yeah, they're fun movies. But it kept, like, later, the later movies, they are all over London. Like, there are wizards and shit. All over, like they fucking rip up the bridge in the in the yeah, one movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it do does, people just accept? It's like people <laughs> kind of accept that there are wizards. It does spill out into the real world a bit. Well, harder. We've accepted that there's transformers, so but why even, not? But even in well, but yeah, but even in the early one, it's like it's never really said. Do people accept that there are wizards or don't they? It's really weird. I like, think it's just a suspension the, of reality. Yeah, in, in those certain movies, some you know? people know. Some people are in the know. You know what I mean? Some like, people are in the know. Uh, clearly, his adoptive, his aunt and uncle that mm-hmm. they, they knew, they know. Their uncle they Owen and Aunt Brew, and they with kept, a mean streak. Well, they kept it a secret from him for the right. longest time because mm-hmm. they didn't like it. Yeah, but but it's, a la Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew. But it's we like I think it's fascinating in Harry Potter how it's sort of vague and like some people and then. But the wizards are like, we they don't want to. Yes. You can't really do stuff. In, because, but, now, I've so never read the it, books. So, so much of it happens in the wizarding world. Yeah. And so when it does spill out into the real world, it's it's very isolated, fairly inconsequential things. And happen a lot of times outside. they and they get covered up. A lot of times they right. erase people's memory. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's, it gets all erasicus memoricus or yeah, whatever it is. Exactly. So so to to play to your point exactly, it would be more interesting, far more difficult to deal with the aftermath to, of the reality. Yes. Of it. Yes. Yeah. To have them. Have it happen all the time. Well, like we have said you ever with seen uh, power? Uh, the the powers. Yeah, yes, powers. You ever read? Uh, you ever read another uh, top ten? One of my all-time yeah. favorite Alan Moore books. So no, that's, I haven't read that one. So that's about a police precinct in a world peopled by nothing but superpower and mythical creatures. Okay. So the whole world understands the ramifications of superpowers and mythical creatures because yeah. they all are. But it. But it. Treats it with a gritty reality because some of these mythical creatures and superheroes have to be cops. Yeah. It's really fucking... Yeah. God damn, it's Top 10 awesome. Yeah. God damn. You make me want to read this book now. Oh, have you never read Top 10? You I mean, have it? I think that's what... Yeah. Can you let me borrow it? No. I no. think that's what... Frust- <laughs> I have I have hardcover copies of that fuck. I love that guy. I think okay. that's what... Frust- I have all the single issues too. What frustrates us all about Hancock is that Hancock is intended to do that. Is intended to like here's the yes, real ramification, right? But it's just done clumsily. It did, and it, so it we took, all get, and it then took, it gets caught in this weird mythos. It took the, the two funniest pages from the pro, and then yeah. shit over everything else. Yeah. 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 So. Well, that was also a studio interference change. And oh, without a doubt. all of it, all these oh, things. So yeah. Of it. All right, Torgo. Here's the here's the conclusion of this. Basically, 
if it's done well, <laughs> if it's filmed well, then yes, I'll green light it. Man, wow. that's a red light. So I'm going to give it a red light, yes. All right. Four to one. Bonzo once again abstaining. I don't give a shit. Let the commander <laughs> yell at me. Whatever. So magicians, I think it's coming to sci-fi. Hey, commander, you fire me. I'm collecting unemployment. Sci-fi could be, yeah, it might work well I, on that I want to read the books now, though, for sure. Yeah, it's got me intrigued for that. Uh, the creators. Magicians. 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 The what c- is it that sets us apart from the mudbloods? Magicians. Magicians. That's right. <laughs> what is it we can do with the pulling rabbits out of the hat and the whatnot? Magicians. Magicians. That's Magicians. right. How about this for a quarter behind your ear, huh? Magicians. 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 <laughs> How about we clean your teeth from the smoke stains? Magician! No, just Topol! That's, that's a Just Topol! Aha! Wow. Just Topol. Wow. You know, for that ride, that might be one of the more cultured jokes we If I were a Copperfield, I would make the Statue of Liberty disappear every day, fucking freaking everybody out. Oh, I would make everything disappear in my pants, yeah. If I were a Copperfield. Magicians on the roof, Magicians! How did I get on the roof? Wait, wait. Magicians! Wait, wait, wait. Magicians on the roof. Magicians. Oh, Magicians. No. <laughs> Oy, they disappear. Magicians. I would green like that. Magicians on the roof. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Somebody did a musical called The a Devil's in the Detail. Roof. It's all about our Magusha. <laughs> <laughs> the creators of the TV series Gotham are doing something interesting with the are, villain are they, Joker. Are they pre-canceling? Because that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be great. Stop that piece of shit from raping my eyes. Pre-canceling. God damn it. I hate that shit. I'm so sick of that shit. Oh, have you seen anything from that that looks even possible? Oh, I, oh no. I've seen know. a trailer. It looks I horrible. Look, everybody. It's baby Batman hanging well, out with baby Joker. And well, here's, baby well, here's what we're doing with uh, Joker here. <laughs> a few screenshots from the pilot episode of the Batman-inspired series showed a comedian performing in a club for Fish Mooney. There's a lot of speculation that this could be the future Joker, and it might. But there are going to be several characters that will be introduced throughout the first season that might end up being the Joker as well. According to Bleeding Cool, every episode in the first season will introduce a character that might be a future Joker, Uh, each emphasizing aspects of the character's iconography, a card sharp, a flower seller, a clown, or just a, a guy flower with a seller. big grin. A flower seller. Watch it be a the quote. flower seller. They'll never see that coming. We'll make the flower seller hey, turn into the Joker. All, How cool would that be, huh? Did that really, did it really say flower seller? Yeah. Oh. That's the quote. <laughs> they don't have the word flower seller. Florist? Florist? A flower seller? Well, he's not a florist. <laughs> he buys flowers from a florist and then sells them on the street. Yeah, there you go. He's just a flower seller. <laughs> he's a flower seller. So he they make you a defect. Like you get in India. Florist Training I don't know about. Florist is different is there, than a flower seller. in forestry? Not no, it's just an underground storage area for a bakery. It's a flower seller. <laughs> He's just selling flour. It's not flowers. It's flour. He sells yeah. flour. Yeah. Saying the seller might be the joker. That's yeah. right. The seller joker. Joker seller. 
Captain Scarlet. Did anybody ever watch that? It was another one of those crazy Thunderbird type um, and, uh, puppet I shows. Don't you even know, think I've heard of it. Here's the thing. Somebody talked about that on some podcast. A yeah, lot of I, us. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. A lot yeah, of us did that. not have to fight saber tooth cats for our dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. <laughs> <laughs> it was a question last week <laughs> what I also heard it was it was on wait wait don't tell me they brought it up they, yeah they, those they fuckers were it. fighting saber tooth cats yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that Paul makes a good point it is. <laughs> the point is apparently at the end of every ep- every episode of Captain Scarlet he died yeah Okay. It was like a running like gag. Like Aeon Flux. Yeah, it was like a running gag that just like the end of every episode. I so wish that was character. fucking better. I love, I mean. The cartoon? <laughs> the movie. No, the movie. Yeah, I the love movie, Charlize. The She's movie fucking was great. Well, I mean, it's 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 best Couldn't in three it. minute little blurbs of crazy animation. That's exactly. All. Yeah. Yeah. Not get I own the Aeon Flux, Flux fucking shit. Couldn't I get it. into it. Couldn't get through it. The animated? Too much like Captain Scarlet. The animated stuff or the movie? Yeah, the movie's bad. The animated stuff's like the best. I think I saw the movie in the theater, tragically. Oh, wow. Because I was hoping it would be good. Life is tragic. In ways. No. I mean, like seeing the shit that you see. My life is good. Dude, man, he couldn't have a much better life. I was kidding. The shit he's seen in theater. Things are good. I got I got my wiener. I got my <laughs> cheeseburger. Uh, cheeseburgers. <laughs> things are all cheeseburgers. right. Cheeseburger. Oh, cheeseburger. Now the burger and masturbation things make sense. It's a burger and wiener thing. Mm-hmm. Now I got it. I told you he was all in right, the wieners. All right. uh, going back to what uh, Bonzo talked about earlier, if you were wondering how sci-fi's upcoming 12 Monkey series will stretch the film 12 plot monkeys over 13 episodes, monkey monkeys. you can stop 12. because apparently that's not the story they're telling. Oh. Uh, while talking to reporters at uh, Television Critics Association Summer Press Tour. Television Critics? Yeah, Television. Uh, t- oh, uh, Television Critics. Yeah. Co-executive producer Terry Metalis <laughs> noted uh, they're taking the broad concept from Terry Gilliam's 1995 classic and turning it into a gritty time-traveling show. You know about broad Unlike concepts, don't you? The, Just put your lips together and whistle. <laughs> The series will focus on a time traveler, Cole, played by Aaron Stanford, from the post-apocalyptic future who is sent back to present day on a mission to identify and destroy the source of a deadly plague that will eventually kill off the human race. That's where the similarities end, though, and the producers note uh, there'll be time hopping in eras ranging from World War One to the 1980s during the run. Ah, so they're going Just like for the, the movie. They're gonna no, they're gonna do the quantum leap side of the movie that never got done. Yeah. It's time according to Metalis, leap. yeah. According to Metalis, quote, it's a complete reimagining. We were all big fans of the original film and had a deep so, love and respect for the material. So we felt like peeing all over it. <laughs> we didn't want to just redo what the movie does. Everything from the top down changed. We wanted it to be grounded and closer to a thriller. we don't have the balls to do the vision that he did. But that's not to say we won't play with the tone, unquote. <laughs> I hope to God they're loading a truckload of money off and dropping it off at uh, Gilliam's house so we can well, make it. Well, well, here's the thing, though. Would you have rather them retell the entire movie in 13 episodes? No, but, but I, I don't see it. So think it needs good. to be a TV series. It's kind of weird to be a like that. Oh, it's that a, movie! It's a that movie is so, so good. Yeah, it's fucking good. I like that. So movie. here we are so recreating good. something again into a television series. Now, granted, I've been on the television banter for a while, knowing that there are great shows that are being had, and we're, we're living in a decent television level right now, uh, more so than late. I mean, more so than we had before. Um, but remaking stuff or trying to redo 
a story and make it is not again i'm looking for something new i want to love this because it's fucking 12 monkeys sure but i don't think that this is the way to go i don't i I just feel that it's it's going in the wrong direction maybe anybody else you're fine i'm more intrigued about it now than i was beforehand when i thought it was just retelling the movie i will say that I guess I'll give it a watch. I mean, anything is probably better than trying to do the NBC monsters like that they good, did. I like a good time travel story. Yeah. I just I do don't too. know if this Me is too. a good time travel story. Yeah, that's why yeah. I, I agree. I, I like a good one, too, and this doesn't sound like this. This does not sound like it. This sounds like time tunnel. This sounds like... Uh, <laughs> this sounds like the monsters on NBC. The Federal Communications Commission was forced to extend the deadline for comments today after the public, interest groups, and others flooded the agency websites with comments today and caused it to once again crash. Now the public will have until midnight on Friday to comment on the agency's controversial fast lane net neutrality proposal. Those who haven't already can file a comment by sending an email to openinternet at fcc.gov to weigh in on the proposal. Anybody who wants to respond to initial comments filed with the FCC has until September to file additional comments. As of yesterday, the FCC has received over 677,000 comments on its net neutrality proposal, a senior agency official said. When I put my comment up, it was like 51,000 at that point. Do we, do we, do we really... Um let me rephrase this. Uh, did you phrase it at all? Uh, well, in my brain I had. Uh, what exactly are they proposing? Uh, allowing companies to have paid tiered speeds. Like if Verizon wants to sell companies to have a faster internet than their average person, that they would be allowed to do so. Oh, Instead so of having just one speed for everybody. I gotcha. So you get better access for more money. Yes, pay to play. But there's already sort of that already. Mm. Like with Cox, uh, <laughs> I said Cox. With Cox, you know, I can get just standard or no, I can it's... get high speed or I can get super boosted high speed. And each one's a little more Of course expensive. you would want the super high speed that's, that No, that's <laughs> difference between service providers and actual ISPs that actually connect the backbone of the system, the backbone of the internet, which are you have your telecommunications companies that wh- what you're talking about is your residential access to yes. the network. Yeah. How you connect to that. What yes. we're talking about is the actual physical network. Okay. So in this case, you have a lot of high speed data streams that go from server to server around the world. And they're operated by at least domestically in the U S Primarily like Verizon, Comcast, mm-hmm. a few other bigger companies. Yeah. What they're selling is to companies, um, let's say, well, the biggest one that's been in the news is Netflix. Mm-hmm. Netflix, um, they're saying, okay, you want to be able to stream your content from our servers to your customers at a decent rate that they can you know, actually enjoy the service. And it doesn't you pause. have to pay us to get that quote-unquote fast lane service so that your customers don't complain. Rather than simply enhancing the network so that any server for any company will stream to the end user, us, here's my, at a reasonable rate, they want to sell that to them. Here's my question, or my I'm just maybe just playing devil's advocate here, but okay. sure. we live in a capitalistic society, right? 
um, if it's okay for me as a consumer to have to make those decisions and pay for them, and the people who provide the network to the companies that provide services to me, the network providers are just a company themselves. Why do they have to be, why can't they decide the same thing that Cox does to me to do that to companies? That, do you know what I'm saying? That already exists, but again, that's a different set, to misquote the president, a different set of tubes, if you will. Yeah. Because um, to me, it's like, I, it doesn't seem that different to me for the people who provide the network to <coughs> Netflix mm-hmm. to say, you can get a slow network or you can get a fast network. But it's going to cost you more for the, the fast one. It's between the government running the highway system and there being toll roads in some states. Right. Run by, yeah. Do you want, do you want your roads to be run by independent companies that can charge you whatever they want to go over a certain place? I lived in Illinois most of my life. Right. So, so you know that's what I'm saying. There, I ran into tolls the big all highways the time. that connect the entire country together. And As then, of right now, everybody is actually working on the same speed. Yeah. Uh, they are yeah. saying, if you pay us money, we will get you there faster. Everybody else is going to be on this lower speed. It's essentially an extortion scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have been intentionally, and especially Netflix, Flix, it's been proven yeah. that they have been throttling down certain companies oh, yeah. okay. to get them to... To force them to here's pay. Here's the difference. Yeah, they're, what they're, they're not but offering... But here's my... Uh, isn't it an extortion scheme when they do it to me, personally? Why don't I have Are they s- throttling you down? If I don't pay the money. But you see, it's it, it if gets, I don't pay, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, why yeah. do the companies get protected and I don't? Is really my question. I see what you're saying. Why isn't it the same speed for all of us at the same cost? Well, but it has to be the same speed at the same cost for all the major companies that we already pay to provide us with a service. Right? They're no, just paying another company to yeah. provide them with a service. There's a technical misunderstanding in this. Yeah, I can't quite explain. Yeah, my hope. This is, is that, why I want to know what it yeah. is because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand exactly what the issue at hand the, is. The it's major that, issue at hand is that the the internet as a whole is a network that was developed that nobody can own. It is a redundant communications system that is was originally developed by the def- the Defense Department. Yep. And in some ways is still partially maintained by the U.S. government, you know, the Defense For Department. What they have to do. Because it is a network, it is a global network system. Yep. So in the sense of what this net neutrality law is, it's trying to reinforce the fact that this is an open network that nobody can own and control. And these internet companies that do a little small portion of providing these backbones are trying to say that, well, we now own this global network that belongs to everyone. We Mm -hmm. own this small piece. So we're going to do with it whatever we want when they cannot because it is not a system that they own. In fact, there are regulations already in place here in the United States and many other countries that prevent this very thing from happening. They have not been, because of the way that they deregulated the cable networks and the phone networks and so forth uh, about 20 years ago, Yeah, that allowed television... Uh, well, cable companies to now to start providing phone and, telephone uh, and, and telephone Fox. companies could start providing cable. Yeah, yeah. 
they did not enforce the Telecommunications Act, which essentially says you cannot, you can charge for the service. You can charge domestically for the service. So for a resident to access this system, yeah. you can charge for that. But you cannot restrict the content of this system because this is a system that is owned by the people. You're simply maintaining it. My hope. The analogy. Oh, sorry, wait, 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 go ahead. Yeah. The analogy here is 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 the federal highways versus the local roads, right? I guess we don't want people. The federal highways are maintained by the federal government, and a lot of good the, that's doing us, right? But but that's enough. <laughs> but the, but the roads that are connecting you from the highways. To Same your kind house. of stuff coming with the internet too. Yeah, I mean a lot of good that's doing us. Well, the the real hope here. I mean, I'm, I'm predominantly just trying to get this clear for yeah, people yeah, to understand. Sure. My, my hope I don't is entirely it, understand it. You know, so it, I want net neutrality. Is here's what you're the saying. thing. Here's the yes. thing. It's hard. It's hard to argue for net neutrality uh, and at the same time argue for stricter rules, even though we would enforce those rules against some of these companies that are pulling some shenanigans. Cause, cause to because to get net neutrality, as we're saying, we need rules. We need to make sure that the net neutrality can be maintained. Right. It's fucked up, though. Yeah. The my tr- my sincerest hope is that there is a technology wireless Tesla type shit that gets very clear, very affordable, very quickly. No, it needs to be free. Exactly. It needs to be truly free. And the and, problem and is eventually nobody, it will be in, in some countries it is. The problem right. is nobody owns the internet. But yes. we all live in a society trying. where we all have to fucking pay for the internet. Right. And so it's owned by someone because I'm paying somebody to use it. If it You're were paying truly someone free, to access it. That's, I don't know how else I can use something. Well, here's the thing. We say, <laughs> we say the internet is free to all. We say the internet is you know, open to anyone. But there are several barriers to entry. Education, electricity, yeah. a computer or device. Economics. Yes, uh, and and the, and then the money to, to maintain that. There are so many levels before you get there. That's why the structure is weird. Like, but it if is. you live in the Netherlands, <clears throat> yeah. you don't you don't need to pay for access. From what it's I different. understand, it's different. you know what I mean. It's, it's different, like, and we're and and every country is faster than us. Yeah, every country has faster internet service than us. Yeah. There will be a solution. It will come. I truly believe you can't stop the signal. There's too many outside voices. Too many smart people behind this shit. That it won't get fixed at it's some point. It's just one of those things I keep but, seeing people well, talk about, right. and I want to know what are we actually saying right. and what well, do here, we want well, to say. It's hard to, hear to get, here's hard to get here's the, the right information. Right. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. the thing: everybody is paying for that price of access. All right, yeah. you are the companies are everyone's paying that access price yeah. for whatever speed you're paying for. Mm-hmm. What they're talking about is if for those who provide a service like the Ugly Couch Show. Yeah, yeah. All right, we would be put into a second tier. Because we're not going to pay them to get people to access our stuff quicker. Nor could we afford to. And nor are they building infrastructure to make quicker pipes. These are already existing things. Yeah, yeah. All right. Got it. It's not that they are offering people faster speeds. They're threatening us with slower speeds. Yeah, I get that. And I know that they've been doing that to Netflix to a certain extent. To get them to pay well, more. Well, they were having a contract dispute, so yeah. they started throttling them and down. Netflix started posting, you can't watch your movie because Verizon yeah. is a pain in the butt, basically. And um, they're still going back and forth on that. So if I were to write my letter, mm-hmm. which clearly I haven't because I don't understand what exactly is going on, so it seems foolish to write a letter because mm-hmm. the next thing I know I'm writing the letter I don't want to write. If, if we want to keep the internet free, as we all say it is... Um, <laughs> Are we wanting net neutrality? I'll tell you what. 
Yeah, there we, is. Yeah. Yeah, we want net neutrality. <laughs> I tell you what, one of the best places you can go to learn about it uh, is a uh, a YouTuber out there called Vihart, V-I-H-A-R-T. Uh-huh. And she created a really good explanation as to how it all works out and diagrams it out in real time. And so this issue that's at hand, what it's uh, who's proposing this? This is the FCC? Uh, the FCC, well, what it is is the proposal's actually from Verizon and these providers yeah, yeah. to basically create these channels to sell to Amazon okay. and other ones to get to their stuff faster. And so the FCC is... As a run by a guy who used to work, work for, for these cables. And, said, yeah, and cable. originally he was saying, a lobbyist. Like, yeah. And lobbyist. And his basic stance at the beginning was like, yeah, let's go ahead and create these Let's these let steers. these companies right. be and able then, to charge. And then they opened up this list, first opened up to a public forum. So basically, we need if we want the internet to stay free as we've known it for the last yes. 30 years, because uh, most of us have only known it for 30 years, even though right. it's been around longer. Right. Um, <laughs> We need to say, stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We don't like the decisions you're sure. making. We want to keep it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because I think and we also pe- need to pass those laws that are out there that forbid lobbyists from transitioning into lawmakers. Oh, yeah, nice? well, that's a whole nother. That's not going to yeah. happen, yeah. but that's nice to dream about. But going back, yeah, I, I want to say I, I appreciate those the proposals fact are you're out there though. So heavily, yeah. and you're not going to have cocked. You're actually well, and I think. Because you know, it does get spit out there a lot on sure. Facebook and shit, and I think people just don't really understand what it means or what it's about. Sure. Because well, it, it took us a few moments to disseminate what our well, thoughts were. It's complicated, and it and it's and it's one of those fuzzy areas that I think well, and gets but, snuck and, under the. And there is also fully there's also the it. secondary concern, even though the companies swear they're never going to use it for this. If there is, say, a protest group out there going against this particular company, uh, they can technically throttle down their service as well for their access. Yeah, that's, that's not, what it would give them access to, not only yeah. controlling speed, but actually controlling access to information. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's, um, he, he mentioned the, the YouTube video. Um, also, uh, the HBO series Last Week Tonight, John Oliver, they actually did a fantastic one of those breakdown of what net neutrality is and, nice. and why we want it. So... Um, put those those two, I would say. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. if I can find a link. Yeah, that, that, that I'll, I'll see about putting it on our Facebook page if you want to catch it. I All mean, right. you understand why I brought it up and why I was asking. Because well, well, like the average consumer doesn't understand. No, most people don't understand because and they think, well, I I pay for internet. Why is this a bad thing? It's like it's well, like yeah, you don't really pay for internet. You pay for access to the internet. Which, but I pay for internet. I mean, yes. It's like nowadays, the telephone. You, you don't pay for the telephone lines. You pay the company yeah. that maintains the telephone lines for the world in some cases. But it's different. Just to open the door. It. It's a different yeah. thing than television because television, you know, FCC. If they if it's free television, mm-hmm. they are required to provide uh, the news. Yes, and that's basically what they pay in order to get this free use of the airwaves. And that, to me, makes sense. Like you're providing a service for the community as a whole to inform them of what's going on. Now that's gotten all a little fuzzy sometimes, and blah right. blah blah. Well, but yeah. cable television, they can do whatever the hell they want. Because we're paying specifically for that, and to, and I think a lot of people are seeing because I pay for my internet, it's similar for me paying for cable, especially now that the same company provides both, yeah. and you package them together and you right. get the bundle, and right. well, and that's you that know. that is part of the grander scheme is yeah. to distract people from the real issues at hand yeah. so. and not let them see that you know. Yeah, them saying, "Oh, hey, let me package all of this stuff up together for you, so you don't have to think about it. Don't mind, the don't man behind don't the question. Yeah, exactly." Yeah. 
don't question what we're doing. Just accept that, you know. We're providing you what you we're want. We're providing you what you want. Yeah. When they're not really. Yeah. All right, before we wrap this up, I want to up your geek cred a little bit. Good luck. Okay. Yeah, no, this is going to happen. This is going to come up in some argument. You're going to be at some bar. You're going to be arguing with your geek friends. And you're going to lay down some knowledge and probably win a bet. Is right? it the Shannara thing? Because I already it's, got that now. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, that's it. No, wait, it's... Uh, now, most Star, Star Wars fans know bon, uh, Boba Fett, bounty hunter, was introduced in The Empire Strikes Back, actually made his very first appearance in the 1978 animated Star Wars holiday special. The animated segment of the holiday special. Yes, the animated segment. But he was actually introduced to the public a few months earlier before that. Before he was Darth Vader's right-hand man in the animated part of the special, Boba Fett showed up in person at the September 24th, 1978 San Anselmo County Fair Parade in California. The town was home to the iconic 52 Park Way, which was the home base for Lucasfilm at the time. So it makes sense they'd pitch in for the town parade and a few spa- space baddies in early costumes. If and I, that's if where I, I ever fucking remember that, I'm going to win an awesome drunken bet. Yes, you are. The first appearance of Boba Fett. At the San Anselmo Parade. That's it. In 1978. Wow. wow. September 1978. September 1978. Shit, I wasn't even born. This is why I say I'm not a geek. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I look at <laughs> I'd already lost my virginity. That could but be the geeks me. out there, you know how wow. important this is. Uh, that is news I don't so give a important. shit about right there. Stop blowing dust over here, Andy. What's important to you? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Was your cave clean when she came over? And do not forget that tomorrow, that is Wednesday night, 10 p.m., the Bucket Show, Matt and Mattingly's Bucket Show. That's right. Come downtown to the Scullery. And if you're in Las Vegas, come check us out. It's a free show. You only pay if you like it. Huh? Sixth and Ogden, is that the... Yep. Corner of Ogden and Sixth Streets downtown, the Scullery. Paul, would you mind taking us out of here? I'll take you out of here. Well, before we get taken out, I am Master Dorgo. The famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Uh, Captain Luddite. A final appearance, Captain Luddite. You will be missed, mister. Yes, you will. Yeah, absolutely. You guess. Fact check Andy Caveman. And Bonzo the Beast. (laughs) Love it. It's Caveman fact check. Fact check Andy Caveman. (laughs) Fact check Caveman. Caveman. That's so good. All right, so... uh, Take it away, Paul. So, well, let's let's do it. Let's give me a new one, uh... Uh, a new one? Yeah, give me a new one, Adam. Give me a something new, different. And we'll, we'll, what, what's a theme? What do we want to do? What do we want to uh, sing about? Something besides my ugly penis or my age. I got gotcha. you. Uh, well, I don't know. I think uh, Captain K- Caveman Andy is a. Uh, All right, let's is, sing is about. Let's sing about choice. Andy. Be, let's do Andy being a caveman. Uh, Andy being a caveman. All, All right, right, let's go here. Yeah. Well, I wake up in my cave and I walk into the sun. Stab a tiny dinosaur, my day has begun. I clean my spear of the dino blood and I stick him on the fire. Breakfast is almost ready, Mm, my heart's desire. I eat dinosaurs every chance that I get. I eat their eggs, I eat their eyes, I sometimes eat their shit. I eat dinosaurs, cause that's all that is around. I am Caveman Andy, and dinosaurs are the best meal I've found. 
Yes. Well, I walk to the next door cave and I see what they've got going on. There's a lovely cave girl there who I'd like to bone and so on. So I clonk her on the head with my dino stabbing stick. But she takes one look at me and says, Ook, book, book, ich, ich. <laughs> I get no love, I get no respect. Back to my cave to jack it in the neck. Back to my cave with my leftover dino bones. I use a little bit of reheated dino meat when I'm all alone. So sad. So alone, the nights are cold and scary. I'm Caveman Andy. Believe it or not, I'm even more hairy. You can see on the cave walls the dancing shadows in the flames. I'm so sad and lonely from all the cave girls playing their games. I'll never find a woman. I'll die here alone. You may one day discover me amongst the dino bones. But if you do, make sure you see through the tears of sadness that I was once a caveman and I had a chance at gladness, but I could not be bothered and I would never win. No, my hopes were dashed because the ladies didn't like me and that's to my chagrin. The biggest problem in my life besides fighting saber-toothed tigers is the fact that my cock is only half an inch long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that fizzled fast. (laughs) Only a half an inch long.